action right here on Monday Night Show. You want a war? You're going to get one. You fans can stick it, brother. Brett screwed Brett. This is bullshit! And I also appreciate the fact that, hell, you can kiss my ass. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 155 of Squared Circle Gazette Radio. I am Liam O'Rourke alongside Carl Jones. I've already started drinking. And G. John Chase. Hello. And we are back this week returning to the critically acclaimed, much beloved Monday Night War timeline. This time covering March and April of the year 2000. Uh, obviously, uh, if you haven't heard any of our previous episodes of the timeline, of course, to get to the housekeeping, www.squaredcirclegazette.com is where we archive every show we've ever done. We've been covering them Monday Night War from the very beginning. With that said, gentlemen, we have 10 pages of notes to get to, so let's get to it. All the news, all the notes, of course, from the Wrestling Observer newsletters of the time. We're covering every Raw, every Nitro, and uh, every pay-per-view of March and April. Some big things going down this month, gentlemen, so let's get to it. We kick off with the WWF officially giving notice to the USA Network on March the 1st that it's cancelling its contract with them effective September when the new TV season starts. Based on posturing and media reports, it appears that CBS slash Viacom is willing to make a huge move backed up by buying a $100 million equity interest in the company. The belief is that the USA cable package would move to TNN, which would undergo a name change and a facelift so it would have less of a southern country music aura and start appealing to a younger demographic. ECW has evidently believed for some time that the deal is happening as they've positioned TNN from their biggest ally a few months ago to their storyline-hated enemy, positioning its audience if the WWF deal doesn't go through and they lose their time slot. Yeah. What was it Joey Stars called it? The Deliverance Channel? The Deliverance Channel. <laughs> the Redneck Network. Redneck Network, yeah. He, uh, he, he, they, they weren't shy about burying TNN for, uh, for the moves that were being made here. But we, we're seeing the start of it now. They've given notice. It's expected they're going to move. And uh, it's quite interesting at this point where they got the the strong hand to see what the coverage is going to be like. Yes, to see to see what the kind of the coverage is on what the move is going to mean for the ratings. Be quite interesting to track as we go through and head to September. Meanwhile, in terms of corporate maneuvers on the other side, what Time Warner with the AOL merger is going to do about WCW is a major question these days. With the various mergers, Ted Turner no longer has the autonomous power he once had. Nitro still does what would be considered competitive ratings for prime time on TNT every Monday, which is still considered in the TV industry as wrestling night. I'm sure they'll be fine. What could possibly go wrong? How's that bank balance looking? (laughs) March of 2000, March 1st to be specific, is when it's first covered that uh, Turner's no longer in power over at Turner. Um, Also... Talking about some on-screen stuff here, WCW are planning a big publicity campaign to build for Goldberg's return in April. The plan originally had been for Sid Vicious to be portrayed as a dominating champion, go heel, and lose it to Goldberg. The plan was then given to turn as many hot baby faces as possible heel to feed them to Goldberg. The big question right now regards Hulk Hogan. Hogan going heel at this point could be a career killer, and Sting going heel against Goldberg is even more likely to be a career killer since he's close to dead anyway. Uh, they proposed a program for Bill Goldberg to make his return against Jeff Jarrett, and he shut it down. <laughs> Didn't like it. Didn't I, like the idea of working I, with Double J. I, I, I'm, I'm, do, I'm loving the optimism here of the let's turn as many hot baby faces we have <laughs> heel to feed to the monster Goldberg. Who are these hot baby faces they speak of? I've watched all the Nitros this month, and I didn't see one. Please, correct me if I'm wrong, gentlemen. Not a one. Nope. 
The Atlanta Journal-Constitution on March the 3rd ran a series of articles on WCW, most notably on the racial discrimination lawsuit, another one that started at the uh, beginning of the year. Bobby Walker is still in the contract with WCW, but complained that if it wasn't for racism, he could be a babyface with a big push. Walker said that he was told by management that there weren't enough black people watching wrestling to push him. Sonny Ono complained that WCW never had any minority writers and said there was a pay disparity with the minority wrestlers since the average salary in the company is $300,000 and all the uh, minorities and Mexicans were under that level. The language is amazing. <laughs> yeah. The language is absolutely stunning. I uh, See, I'm, I'm, I'm more lost on the focus of the average salary being 300000 Yeah, well, yeah I, mean, it's probably, I mean, WWE's tipping that these days. At least they're making money with their TV deals, <laughs> by the way. Uh, Bill Bush got the word this past week that Bret Hart will be back in July at the earliest from his concussion issues. Bret Hart then received notice that his pay was being cut in half, and that as of April 15th, if he doesn't return, he can legally be fired. That's it, Bret. You're down to one and a half million a year. <laughs> Thank God you saved those pennies. Sucks to be you, buddy. However, the reason this appalls me more and the reason I put the note in here, Buff Bagwell signed a new three-year contract this week for $700,000 for the first year, $800,000 for the second year, and $900,000 for the third year. And then, <laughs> Miss Nitro this week with a knee injury, which for better or worse, everyone in the company is sceptical of. Is this a Time Warner deal? Uh, yes, I don't think it is. That dickhead took a buyout. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know he hasn't got any brains because it's all full of stuff, isn't it? That's why. <laughs> so, uh, there you go. Bret Hart's money being cut for an injury suffered in their ring, but Bagwell have a raise. Well, they you know, didn't really kill him. Who, Bagwell? Well, Rick Steiner did. Oh, yes. Well, you know. Uh, this moves us to the first television. It's March 6th, Nitro and Raw head-to-head. Let's talk with that uh, Nitro first. To an embarrassing crowd of 2,236 fans paid in North Carolina, I think we're in Chapel Hill here, this is kind of a tragedy that it only draws 2,000, starts, and the actual show opens up with what I could only describe as a terrible fight, if you want to call it that, between Vampiro and Finley, kind of slapping each other backstage. Uh, yeah, yeah. God, yes. okay. uh, basically, it starts with Finley grabbing him around the throat, and then Vampiro oh. starts the fight with a forearm thrust to the back which I'll need to try in my next bar fight yeah but um who knows fucking vampire welcome to March by the way of 2000 WCW yeah March uh, March spoilers ahead is absolutely atrocious (laughs) and and, uh, this continuing uh, mini push is that too harsh a word is that too short for Vampiro for Vampiro where they're trying to they're trying to make something out of him I, uh, I, does, I, I think it's more than a mini push mm, it's, it's just not working and this I just I thought like I clicked on the wrong video when like this started <laughs> because I couldn't believe that this was how the Nitro was starting and this was how it was going to start obviously this, this section of the timeline it just comes across so hokey and, yeah. and it crosses over because I think the first match is uh, I think a psychosis match I think. So, yeah psychosis and yeah, uh, blah, blah, blah. which was like uh, and somebody it was, it was like Kasayashi something like that yeah. I think there's like some decent stuff in there as you'd expect from those two and then it just breaks down as it just turns into like Finley and uh, Vampiro and, uh, and about 50 other people it's almost as if there's a 24-7 title around just suddenly just run into the ring and just cause this massive brawl and it's just like 
I can't call it a brawl. They're, well, hold, that's, that's they're holding them back. Say, yeah. They're holding them back backstage, and it's handbags at ten paces where they're giving each other lip, but they're actually only like three feet apart. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> so they can yeah, fit them in the just, camera. It's just lame. And by the way, speaking of lame, Ricky Rackman is all over the first few nitros here as we get ready for spring break. No, no, spring these, breakout. These segments. I. <laughs> these segments. I have, I have never wished that brutal of a death on a person in my life. I like. I just every time this guy came on, it was almost like just like can crushing, like in the hand. Just like, who the fuck is this guy? Who is he? <laughs> he was there last year. They took the him year off TV, before sucked, that, and then he's, they he's, brought him back. He, he appeared pretty much every spring for the better part of three or four years. I have no idea oh, why Jesus. they hired him. I don't remember that. In fact, I, I'm sure someone wearing that shirt. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? No, no, um. <laughs> no, the, Rick, Ricky Ratman is the answer to the question that nobody asked. <laughs> <laughs> On a absolutely toilet month of Nitro, he is the prime skid mark. I feel it's it's not just him; it's just it's just it's just the entire video package of it's the like, spring break. Yeah, so let's elaborate on this. Where, a where bit. it's just like you've got these these kids. It's it's them. Rooms. It's always it's always him, three count, and a couple of Nitro girls. Disco Inferno yeah. is lingering around as well. Yeah, looking looking a little bit like the guy. You know, you know. There's always this one guy who's a little too old to be in a club. Yeah, he's just he just looks like that. And the just, medallion man. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he's got the shirt open. You know, he's he's puffing away with a cigarette, just eyeing up the girls. And this surrounded usually only about 20 people yeah. at these little nitro parties and then they throw to clips of like one of those like it's, yeah. like, it's a knockout where like, like these events yeah. where like it's like kind of like the gladiators yeah. thing but it's on inflatables it, 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 it looks like a really bad version of Saved by the Bell Hawaiian edition you know it's yeah. kind of like this really cheesy oh, shit since we're setting the bar high <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's, it's just every time this, this came on it was just and it can't be understated audible groan it was as if like a ghost was living in my belly and then escaped every time I saw it. It was just like, <laughs> no! <laughs> kind, of, kind of like when a Baron Corbin main event's in front yes. of an audience. <laughs> yeah. But like, they keep going back to this fucking Ricky Ramos. It's, it's oh. constant. It's several times a show. Um, David Flair gets chokeslammed through two tables by the wall. They try to act like it's That's a really, funny. really heavy deal. They have Kurt Hennig and Terry Funk come out and Arn Anderson comes out. Rick doesn't give a shit. He, he, he says, ah, he's 21, he's, he's fine. <laughs> He's great. He can keep, take care of himself. Yeah, doesn't have to worry about permission slips anymore. No, yeah. no. It's also worry about brain cells being damaged. Yeah, they're trying to get the wall over. Good luck with that. Yeah. And they do a, a very comical scene backstage where Bam Bam Bigelow goes up to him on the stairs <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and says, "Hey, what was that out there?" The wall gives him like again a terrible looking punch, and well. Bigelow like throws himself <laughs> up the stairs through a table, and then they just cut away and they never no, mention it. I don't think he didn't even go through the table. Like he hits, like, hits the table, it. bounces up, and just slides off to the side like a shit on a wall, yeah. and there's the table just falls on its side. It's just like, oh, it's just a joke. It's just like they cut away and they do like, huh? Oh. <laughs> Poor Bamba. It's all going on backstage. On well, the health, uh, was it the, the risk assessment form? Uh, the dog. <laughs> the, the dog. Carl. This is just. This is where we is are. It? The wrestling war is still going on. This is. Let's this not is, call it a war anymore. This is the librarian of the year two thousand, if you will. Yeah, I always. You know how bad TNA was at times. Or is which times? Well. I'm, I'm talking predominantly Russo, Bischoff, Hogan, period. Mm. Basically, the Russo period from sort of that 2006 onwards. You know, the shot. Put it this way: the Sting and Abyss shot in the back three times here. I, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. 
even so, as terrible as they are, is this worse? Yeah, I think it is. This is worse because this feels like it could be Major League. Whereas it's just everything about this just stinks. It's a, this this month they're still spending they're still spending a money. lot of money. British way, they're spending the sort of money that should produce better results. Frankly, <laughs> yeah, and it's just if you want to be kind about this month as we go forward, you would um, at best call it plodding, meandering. I mean, it's got it's got Sullivan's fingerprints all over oh, it. Oh God, yeah. Um, but even then, I think we were just being too kind, and we should just call it what it is, which is trash. Yeah, here he beats Evan Courageous, the dog, whose gimmick, if you haven't seen him, is he's wearing the same army fatigues as Brian Nobbs, that yeah. that road scholar, and Finley, and Finley. Yeah, what, what an alliance. Uh, he's well, you know, they were all part of the wasn't Jimmy Hart's family. What were they called? The first family. The first family. Yeah, and then. Uh, so the dog's got like a hood on and then they take and he's on a leash they take him off and he's rabid it's Al Green if anybody cares if you that probably don't even enlighten anybody to who he was but um, yeah garbage and this will not be the last time we mentioned the dog I bet he was paid six figures I bet he was uh, Kurt Hennig beats Ric Flair with the uh, the perfect plex it was like it wasn't a bad match but it's just Flair just feels like such like he's just had all the wind taken out of his sails here it's not 93 it ain't 1993 anymore no and it wasn't good. They did the uh, the broken arm gimmick on the chair with Hennig that Lex has been doing with everybody when uh, when he comes out afterwards. Team package is uh, obviously in, in full effect here. Arn Anderson comes out to try and make the save, and I think they tease that Luger's gonna hit him with the bat, and Flair gives the the sh- no 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 don't yeah. do it, and, uh, and there you go. So Arn still the enforcer, and as I said on a previous episode, still the toughest man in the business. Arn Anderson, yep. from, from, from what I saw, still the toughest man in the business. Hulk Hogan here. A promo, a video promo, straight out of Superstars of Wrestling, talking about the Yappa Pie strap match that will be happening at Uncensored in one of the more 1980s feeling promos in quite some time. Yeah, we, we don't need to go into too much detail about it other than the fact that it's awful, and I'm sure many of our listeners have seen it in a multitude of Botchamania type videos over the years. Yeah, real wrestle crap uh, prime material here. He yeah. uses at one point the word strappage. Then the strappage will well, begin on you know, the flare. He's, he's used the wood before, so you know, go the wood, the strappage. It's all part of the bondage motif. Yeah, he talks. So, so on press record. He's really trying to. He's really trying to like hit home. Yeah, it's, it's such a 1980s promo, and like he kind of like it's that Hogan thing where he kind of loses his trail of exactly what he's saying, and then at one point he talks about how he can't wait to see that hot pink meat on Rick's back or something like that. That raw hot pink meat. <laughs> it's like. Why is he going to get? Is he going to get sunstroke during the match? Or? <laughs> what, a, what a poor choice of words from Fortini. The only thing, the only thing I've never really understood about that, and the only question I really want, I'd ever want to ask about that promo is, the fuck does Yappa Pie mean? Oh, it's the Indian tribe that the strap match originally came from, Carl. Oh, Obviously, I bet it's not oh, pronounced that way. No, it's not. It's actually not pronounced that no. way. No. Hulk Hogan also didn't have a cast on, so the whole arm breaking angle was over. They actually said at some point, yeah, the last couple of uh, fractures are healing up. <laughs> Fuck that. Doesn't want to sell that anymore. That's what those vitamins do for you. <laughs> Dustin Rose does a promo, Terry Funk comes out and throws a raw chicken in his head, which is fucking great. <laughs> it's so fucking great. He, he does a promo about how he's got his other son. He got Dusty's other son in this bag and he pulls it out and says, this raw chicken. He says, yeah, his belly's the same shape as Dusty's and his ass smells the same. And then he just like wangs it at Dustin who doesn't put his hands up it hits him bounces off his head 
And then, uh, yeah, so they fight a little bit. Uh, the main event of this illustrious show is Jeff Jarrett and The Wall defeating Sid and Vampiro. Uh, the finish of this one is Jeff Jarrett hitting Sid with a guitar and The Wall choke slamming uh, Sid. So, yeah, there you go. Hits the guitar, the choke slam. Sid, your champ, goes down. Such a unique finish that hitting the person with the chair. With the guitar, the guitar. Yeah. Amazing. Absolutely. So, let's talk about Raw. It's about a good wrestling show because mm-hmm. Raw in March and April. I feel is, is rather good um, we'll temper this a little bit because the built WrestleMania as we'll talk about here not quite as strong a mess not quite as strong as a, I remember a mess that's carried by the personalities notably one I feel, yes, I feel yes, yes. to be quite yes. blunt yes. the show starts with uh, the big show and Shane their alliance coming out to talk to Triple H and Steph um, Steph slaps Shane for calling her a slut mm-hmm. uh, and they end up making matches for each other's charges kind of throughout the show so Steph makes Show versus Kane and Shane makes Triple H versus Rikishi so those are your two big matches for those guys throughout mm-hmm. the show um, we get the first 24-7 vignette here Crash Holly uh, after announcing these new defending the belt 24-7 it's the Mean Street Posse trying to yeah. beat up Crash in the hotel this is fun it's, this is fine yeah the, the Mean Street Posse under the guise of a real fight in real life yeah. looks hilarious yeah. here just throwing these terrible forearms and pushing each other out the way it's like three Barney Fifes well they are Shane's friends well yeah they should be throwing terrible strikes <laughs> <laughs> he taught him he taught him everything he knows Carl uh, but, yeah, it, but this is you know I sort of I often bemoan the use of comedy in wrestling but this is this is the perfect use of it they, they, this is like a running theme because they're, they're, they're kind of around doing this for all the way to Wrestlemania yeah pretty much so kind of anyone that hasn't seen this they, they are literally doing the old comedy joke of the pile on the person and then whilst they're still beating up the person manages to crawl out from underneath and, and just looks at the pile on just goes eh, shrugs and walks off they're literally doing that yeah the posse pushed as the most yeah. incompetent people yeah. in the company which is probably pretty accurate actually yeah. uh, Big Show versus Kane ends in a disqualification when The Rock runs in to hit the rock bottom on The Big Show uh, we get a business vignette for the APA's new protection agency because they need beer money fantastic fantastic just driving around shooting the shit and then they hit that line at the end. Good stuff. Um, oh, Pulp Fiction. Yeah. 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 The Royale with cheese yeah. and yeah. That, that, the spoof. The Dudleys powerbomb Mae Young to a table. This. Oh if, yes. If, 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 if there's if there's one thing that's very self-evident about March and April, the Dudleys find their niche. They have arrived. They do. Yeah. Considering where they've come from from September in the, the you know, terrible tag match with the acolytes, where they're basically. Acolytes have been instructed to effectively rough them up at the end of the day. <laughs> Public enemy them, if you will. Yes, if you like. Yeah, that, that, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. They've sort of come on leaps and bounds. They, they've got the tag belts at a time where you felt, really, you put the belts on them? But very, very quickly, sort of, you know, wheels get in motion and things things start to click. Yeah, very much. This is just fucking awesome. Mae Young has been taking some great shots in the she, last little while. What a trooper. She, she, yeah, she's, uh, she she's took a this. crazy old bitch. She, <laughs> was, she really was. I mean, I mean it, get, it, gets, it gets worse. Oh. I think on Raw. Next week. Next, week. next week. Okay, it gets worse, but like, fair play to her. I mean, she's, she's tough as old. This bitch. was just awesome. The people went yeah. fucking crazy for yeah. this too. Unbelievable. And then, and this is the thing about Raw during this period of time, something will happen that's just like the fucking most random thing in the world. Bob Backlund appears to help Kurt Angle beat up Chris Jericho. Yeah. yeah. Which I remembered and was uh, yeah. I hated I, it at the time. I, I, I remember it solely because of uh, of the mania thing where he turns around and forces Kurt to, spoiler alert, ahead of at the time, yeah. uh, to put both titles on the line. Because yeah. there was only going to be one belt he was going to put on at... Um, at Mania. At Mania. Uh, that's all I remember it from. It's just this weird like one month 
thing didn't just last randomly and just also at this time Kurt started doing the uh, the, the chicken, chicken wing, wing. Just clearly they thought well this will be the new update but the all American baby face this is yeah. you know this is this is the new Backlund but with a heel twist and it's like this doesn't work get him the and, fuck away and, from Angle and Kurt doesn't need it Angle's got yeah. more charisma than than any the mo- almost anybody on this roster already yeah. let alone falling into himself as he will do later on but uh Triple H versus Rikishi also ends in a disqualification after another rock bottom. Uh, afterwards, The Rock gets put in a cage match against Chris Benoit for the main event tonight, so nice. we'll have some of that. Um, Edge and Terry do a little bit of a tease here after the uh, Edge and Christian lose to the Radicals. Mm-hmm. They've been, they, they did this for a few weeks where, and again, this kind of really didn't go that far. It ended with like an impromptu spear on a SmackDown. Yeah. And that was kind of the end. They kind of wrote this off. The original idea was that Terry was going to end up with Edge and he was going to split off from Christian and they changed their mind. This is, this is the thing that I just uh, I find amazing about watching, uh, watching this timeline back. Uh, particularly, as, as I, stayed, I said on the last podcast, this is where like, my entry point is. It, it's, just, it's interesting to see the bits that I don't remember uh, and the details on there we were talking about like last podcast like not, not, not re- I didn't remember the whole Tory angle about her being like really weird about people looking at her oh, and stuff yeah, yeah. And I didn't remember this stuff and and one really interesting thing I thought about this this March period where you were saying about like how, how much better WWF was what I find quite interesting about March uh, not so about April is I didn't remember the build for Mania being so lacking um, and that it basically just it's just based around one match, and even then it was around the wrong people involved mm-hmm. in that match. It's amazing how little of this was built up for, and I think it was like two weeks or even one week with some of these matches. And like we were talking about like the Dudleys a moment ago, and what we're going with Edge and Christian here. Um, I, I remember 2000 because I haven't watched any of this back for a while. I remember it in snapshots, and those snapshots are the pay per views because of course. because we had those. And so when you look at it from a pay per view style. It, it it tells a perfect picture, you know. You obviously had the, the ladder matches in in, in, no, in November, and you've had like multi man matches since then. And you had the the Royal Rumble table match, and then uh, the Dudleys win the tag belts and no way out, and then they wrestle at, at mm-hmm. the, the ladder match. I think, oh, that's 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 a nice snapshot history of what they do. When you actually look at the reality of the booking of all three teams building up to that match, there is no interaction uh, really between until, them, but almost the end. Until almost the yeah. end, the Dudleys are doing like their thing, and they're wrestling um, the. Uh, well, they wrestled the the New Age Outlaws at No Way Out, mm-hmm. and then they're kind of doing their things, putting people through tables. Um, Edge and Christian doing this weird thing with Terry, Terry. where they're kind of teasing, like, is Terry going to join him now? Even though I guess they're reversing that um, ladder match decision. And then the Hardys are literally nowhere to be seen. And it's just, I don't. It's weird just having that snapshot skewered for me by the fact that these three teams, after when we know they have this legendary match, it sets them all off in the long run. That there was like zero, next almost zero build of these three teams interacting with each other. Well, the, the thing is, I'm, I'm, I, I don't want to get too much into the weeds through each individual show because we've got two months yeah. to get through. <laughs> um, but it's very reminiscent of the previous year. Mania 15 was built more or mm. solely around Rock and match. Austin, yeah. and that wasn't given a lot of build as the two individuals because Austin was paired off with Vince, Rock mm. was paired off with Foley, and you know, to use the tag match, the tag teams as an example there. Edge and Christian are effectively on a, on a quasi losing streak gimmick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like I say, it isn't until that last couple weeks when they really get the focus yeah. and they and they hit the point home. Rock and Benoit are in the main event, a great cage match. Rock wins. Triple H tries to hit him with a steel chair, but he misses and hits the big show. So Rock kind of gets the last laugh on this one. Imagine so, that going, yeah, on, yeah. going off air on a positive note. Yeah, actually making people feel happy that they yeah. watched the show and got what they wanted. 
Raw did a 6.4 in the ratings this week to Nitro's 2.7, Carl. This week, with Chris Benoit in the main event, approximately 48% of the Nitro audience switched to Raw when the show was over, which is almost double the previous high. Mike Gray must be rolling over in his grave. <laughs> How are those quarter hours, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> but hey, if he did roll over in his grave, at least that was his idea. The Raw main event! <laughs> the Raw main event was Rock and, uh, with Rock and Benoit in the cage, did a 6.8 final quarter and a 7.25 overrun. The Nitro main event... Vampiro and Sid against the Warden Jared did a 2.8 rating. The start of the evening was actually the Triple H versus Rikishi match, which did a 7.2 for the entire match. One thing we'll see going forward is just how over Triple H's champion. I don't want to do him a complete disservice by any means. Uh, we do that on enough podcasts these days. Um, but it's, it's an example of how over Rikishi is. Oh man! Absolutely, man. He is the, the, the whole act that, now yeah, is there. That, that's, yeah, that's like the really interesting part when um, looking obviously here, like how the year goes on as well. Like at this, at this kind of period here, just around WrestleMania, just before WrestleMania, it's just like Benoit and Rikishi again. A lot of the rope at the moment in terms of like, say, I'm obviously got ma- many major stars at the moment. They obviously got two very key ones, and uh, you know Austin and and Undertaker aren't around. So it gives a little bit of uh, wiggle room mm. for them to. They, they need to put somebody else in that main event scene, obviously, to, so to, to keep her rocking. And this uh, especially, this especially comes Rikishi, up in April. Yeah, and it's Rikishi and Benoit that seem to be getting the the, the nod at this it, point, which is, which is really interesting. I mean, Benoit's not too surprising because he, like he came in relatively quite hot. But yeah. Also, just Rikishi, the fat ass, is just like <laughs> it's over, it's over, over, it's over, over huge. There was consideration being given to linking Sting and Vampiro as a team. Your favourite duo, Carl, the brothers in paint, with the idea that it would elevate Vampiro and perhaps freshen up Sting. The question uh, involves whether Sting would see teaming with him as a demotion uh, and nix yes. it. <laughs> you did see it as a demotion, did you? Or no, you I, I, was, I, was, I was giving the answer as if I was Sting. Oh, okay. Yes, yes. it is a demotion. I, I, I'd, I'd quite agree with that. Not because I'm opposed to using what remnants of credibility Sting has left mm. to elevate someone. That's perfectly fine. It's just that it's Vampiro and he's the shits. <laughs> As we'll discuss <laughs> later on during said push. Yeah. Terry Taylor is off the WCW booking committee, Carl. What's he been doing in the lift again? No, 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 not this time. According to those close to the situation, Taylor had the best ideas on the team currently, but it was actually a decision that he made voluntarily. Kevin Nash is also off the booking committee, not voluntarily. <laughs> he was, he's already working on uh, going over people's heads to get back on the committee. The feeling was that Nash was a detriment to anything getting accomplished positively at the meetings. So he's just burying everybody, basically, and saying he won't get over. Um, here's one for you, Carl. The Misfits are threatening a lawsuit against WCW, claiming Vampiro is using their look with the spiked jacket and the makeup, and that WCW has exploited the name Misfits, their logos, artwork, and clothing designs in pushing Vampiro. Well, it was clearly money well spent on said push. <laughs> <laughs> the misfits who are gone, and I'm not sad. No, not we don't at need all. A fucking amateur hour that was stinking up the joint during Russo's reign. There, there is talk backstage at the WF about doing an exploding ring match with Kane versus X Pac at WrestleMania. Another one that wouldn't see the light of day, but I thought it was interesting to note. Oh, it's a curious one, because then what the hell do you do with the show going forward? <laughs> the rest of the ring? The ring's exploded. <laughs> <laughs> they had this idea, it seems like, for years. This, this, this gimmick pops up now and then. Like, Foley talked about it in his book about maybe doing it with Terry Funk at Mania 14, yeah. and then they just nixed the whole idea and had him as a team. And this came, I'm sure this came up again at WrestleMania 15 for an idea as well. Nah, it's just a stupid idea, because it doesn't look good anyway. 
No, it's preposterous. David Boy Smith is back in rehab. Whether Stay he... away from that <laughs> trap door. <laughs> He's back in rehab, whether he wants to or not, for excessive use of painkillers, sleeping pills, morphine, and muscle relaxers. He'll be using the same clinic that Steve Regal used in Atlanta and will be at the clinic for at least three to four months. He was promised to have a job waiting for him when he returns, but if he doesn't complete the treatment, he'll be fired. Because there's something down there. He was very publicly lauded that Vince was paying 75 grand for this rehab treatment, which uh, Bret Hart, I believe, noted in the Calgary Sun. Very nice move of Vince to tell everybody how much he paid. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of Steve Regal, the WWF has given him another chance. Uh, they have signed him once again, although he's been assigned to the Memphis promotion to get back in good enough shape before starting out. Regal needs a job or else he'll be sent back to England. Uh, and because of that, both the WWF and WCW have been taking turns hiring him when the other one lets him go to keep him in the country. So, that's the respect that Regal had. Even despite yeah, his problems, yeah. that they, always, they, would always, they would always hire him to keep I, him around. I dare say, you've got people in both companies who'd vouch for him, whether or not mm. being uh, like... Even someone like an Austin, for example, who'd vouch for Austin him. Austin and Trips yeah. in the WWF are all going to vouch for him. Uh, the idea of doing next year's WrestleMania Day domed stadium is now under consideration. So this is the beginning of the era that we are still living through with uh, domed WrestleManias. Mm. Here's a story that I remember getting a lot of press over here. Dwayne Johnson has been subpoenaed to testify on March 9th in the case of a 12-year-old boy charged with first-degree murder of a six-year-old girl, Lionel Tate is being tried as an adult for the death of Tiffany Eunuch, who died after a severe beating. The defense is that Tate was mimicking what he saw on pro wrestling. This ended up being delayed as attorneys pleaded that Rock's presence had no bearing on the trial. The WWF released a written statement regarding the case, saying, To try and blame the WWF for the acts of this delinquent is a pathetic excuse being offered by a defense attorney with no defense. I remember this one being a big... This was in the sun. I remember my dad showing me this. It's, like it's, a... Look at this. Be careful. Don't try this at home. Type of thing. And sage advice you took on board. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm curious. Is this the one... And I may be confusing it with another where... Part, part of the whole premise was kind of debunked on the basis that... They actually watched Nitro... Yeah, they were WCW fans. Yeah, they didn't watch the WWF. Yeah, it's that one. I believe this is the one. Okay, oh God's sake. Um, Mick Foley mentions this in his second book a lot about how actually, and it was determined in the end, this is not an accident. This was a absolutely fucking absolute destruction of this poor girl. So uh, really, wrestling really was just a, a bullshit defense. But this got so much perb. It's got a lot of pub. And the thing is, you got to think that the WF's kind of asking for it by pushing the boundaries, by having women thrown through tables and shit like that. It's like, when you go this direction, this, this it's, stuff it's, does it's, come it's up. It's the blowback uh, of the problem. It's, it's, yeah. a, it's a sitting duck. It becomes a sitting duck for bullshit yeah. like this. Yeah. Gene Oakland, 57 years of age, was arrested for a DUI on March 10th. Good man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't support that. But uh, joining Bobby Heenan on the drinking, drinking issues on the job, you know... Can't say I blame him. Yes, ridiculous thing to do. Share, share a tab. <laughs> WCW had what was on paper its most successful weekend in at least a year, drawing three consecutive sellouts with very enthusiastic fans selling out all merchandise in the United Kingdom. That's right, it's that tour. That's just how desperate we are. <laughs> 
While the gates were huge, the reaction to the shows by the time they were over was typical WCW shoot yourself in the foot. Birmingham drew almost 12,000 people. London drew 10,500 people. Manchester drew over 16,000. On the first night, they used Ric Flair versus Kurt Hennig in the main event. There were lots of Goldberg chants and even chants for Sid Vicious. After the match, Lex Luger and Elizabeth did a run-in, leaving Bagwell to make the save. And the show ended with Bagwell in the ring with his music playing, getting on the mic and actually saying, you didn't get Goldberg and you didn't get Sting, but you got Buff and he's the stuff. <laughs> Fucking nerve I, this balance. Just, just no. There, there's something I kind of like about him now. There's just, no, there he's, isn't. He's an asshole. That, that's just my mentality. I can't. I, I, I quite like a good asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Do you now? <laughs> oh, Kieran's having a field day. Do you now? <laughs> just, just bear that in mind, though. There were chance for Sid. <laughs> is no. the fact that Boris Johnson is prime minister now really that much of a surprise? <laughs> <in> <laughs> Hey, we didn't vote him. The second night's main event was Flair and Luger versus Booker and Hennig. World Championship Wrestling. Nice. The final night they headlined with the Mama Lukes versus the Harris Boys. And that's the crowd that got 16,000. Yeah. Do, do you know why? In all honesty, like, I, th- I think, because this has been a constant debate, and we, we keep bringing up particularly around mm. this time period about uh, who's the who worst the tag worst, team? The Harris Brothers, or is it Harlem Heat 2000? Do you know what? After watching this uh, January, February, March time period, I've come to the final conclusion. It's the Harris boys. We are both wrong. I think it's the fucking Marmalukes. No, the, the Harris Marmalukes, boys are worse. The Marmalukes no. are fucking atrocious. They're bad, they're bad. They are atrocious. But the Harris boys are in main events, and that's more offensive okay. to me. Okay, that, that, So I'm, I'm judging on maybe a bit okay. of a sliding that, that's, curve. That's, out, that's it's essentially out of their control that they're getting like, pushed. I mean, it's, but I'm, I'm talking just... Pure work. Ring, just yeah, I'm not saying like the Harris brothers are, are, are no, they're not. Like, they're terrible. No, but I'm just saying they're the boring. Marmalukes are really bad. <laughs> At least they appear to have some they're element of athletic <laughs> bones like, in their body, like, like, and there's actually some form of effort there, as opposed to the white supremacists. Also, like if if you know if if you know if the Harris brothers are the shit, the Marmalukes are the piece of sweet corn still in it. Oh, I see. That's, that's what they are. Okay. I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you that because they're no good what a wonderful analogy wow. the match had no heat surprisingly enough <laughs> and lots of missed spots uh, the fans were filing out as it was going on and Ron Harris actually grabbed the house mic and ripped on the fans for not caring about their match <laughs> Nash was said to be an embarrassment in Birmingham badly slurring his words on the microphone there's a bit of a kind of uh, theme running here about amongst, amongst all these isn't there here, isn't there really? just yeah. Bobby Heenan Gene Oakland Kevin Nash mm. March 13th on Raw opens with Shane and Steph saying they've come to a truce after the last week of television. The Rock comes out and challenges the Big Show to a match for the title shot and agreed to retire if he loses, which was uh, quite the stipulation. Um, But the stipulation was also that uh, any interference helping Big Show would result in Rock getting the title match as well. Uh, So the rest of the show is pretty much just filled with people predicting the outcome of the match, which I quite like. I I like that touch. They gave gave it credence throughout the show, so this is a big deal. Mae Young, who's in a wheelchair... As Mark Henry, Mark Henry is gunning for revenge. Eats the three D. Yeah. They go to take uh, May Young away as if, you know, they're going to maybe they're going to take her as their new manager. They give her the belts, and then they see the tables on the floor and powerbomb May Young in one of the greatest moments of all time. Whilst Bubba looks like he's having an orgasm. Yes, and they're really pushing the whole thing about the uh, the, I, the the look, the orgasmic look. There, there is no words to describe. The look on 
my missus face when she was watching she, she she had no no she didn't watch anything else building up to this she just she just came down and she was just knitting away and watching this and just the look on her face as they power bombed this old woman through a table and did then, you think and, she might be next when and, she then, next and, then, and then the look as she looks over at me as I'm laughing my ass off just going <laughs> brilliant it's absolutely brilliant from the standpoint of her just thinking like you're freaking awesome like you're, you're freaking hard as nails uh, this, this was such this a big at my school this was everyone this fucking was, loved this was this the one was it this week or the previous week I, th- I think it might have been you telling me this story about like Bubba being really cautious about it like he felt really bad about like I don't, I don't want to put her through the table and like Mae Young turns around and says just put me through the table fucking do it pussy do it or something yeah. like that she just like just has a go at him and it's like so he puts a bit of stank on it puts a bit of stank though, though, though still like he's better. you actually watch those two power bombs again uh, Bubba does everything he can to like I, I think he's more vicious on the first one. The second one, he's yeah. clearly trying to help. Yeah, he, he's, he's protected. Although know he does, it, he I don't does. Know which one it was, but it was, he does almost overshoot the tables, which is yeah. terrifying. So. Well, he kind of actually does. Like the, the the top of her back and head do not hit table. No, they hit ground. DX beats Too Cool in a six-man tag when Triple H pinned Rikishi. Uh, Meltzer editorialises here saying somebody's getting over a little bit too strong for some people which is certainly the impression I got when I was watching this I've already got fucking Grandmaster sitting right there and Rikishi eats the pin come on man Uh, Dean Malenko wins the light heavyweight title of Rese Rios which is more notable for Lita getting powerbombed by Eddie on the floor. That nice sick yeah. thud. Oh, God, that's that a nice little match as well. It was a good match. Uh, The Mean Street Posse this week are chasing Crash at the airport that was funny more funny stuff here Crash Holly yeah. and Bail, you, bails through the, the luggage yeah and you notice his, his reactions get better every week as well mm-hmm. and in your main event The Rock does in fact beat The Big Show when Shane McMahon wait 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 hold on wait, hold on wait he's gone over twice in two consecutive believe weeks. it or not The Rock has gone over again however he's that's, not that sledgehammer is getting more and more closer to coming out well that's it and well something even more fearsome than the sledgehammer has arrived it's the return of Vince Hands of Stone McMahon <laughs> Jesus who knocks out Triple H by the way when Vince comes out the limo what a pop yeah. unbelievable pop because he hasn't been around since yeah. Armageddon yeah. Triple H gets up and just to prove that would have happened if he met Bret Hart again he knocks Triple H down in one punch he decks Shane, who takes a good bump for him, counts the pin for The Rock. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense in retrospect. As we'll discover. Yes, but a great moment for Raw, and again, red hot finish. Yeah. Red hot finish here, The Rock is in the title match. So there you go. Nitro. <laughs> oh fuck, we haven't done it already. We haven't done oh, Nitro yet. Sure. Ric Flair asks Arn Anderson to, to join Team Package. Uh, at the start of the show Anza says no and then intros Hulk Hogan and then just gets the fuck out of the way at one point Kurt Hennig approaches him backstage and Anza says <laughs> I love this line Anza goes this doesn't look like anything that I used to know <laughs> and leaves I'm going to have to spend some time with my kids Anza, and he just fucks off if this, yeah, and we all nod in agreement Anza, Anza does cut a really good promo it is a good promo it? because it's on yeah. he always does he does cut this really great promo of just about like yeah you know what I've been helping you for years. Fuck this. Yeah. That's literally his premise. His premise like, I'm done. I'm out of here. And he just leaves. And it's just like, it's just Arn just being Arnie. Don't so blame you. Can, you can give him shit and he sells it. Good old Arnold Anderson. We love you. <laughs> Ricky Rackman's back. Let's say no more. Ah, yeah. oh, fucking Paul Orndorff's at the Arnold Classic. Marking out for some dude with enormous this, arms called Jake this, Strauss. This is, this is just a bit like, freaking like the, the, the volleyball scene in Top Gun. This is a bit like homo <laughs> It is. Walking around at the Arnold Classic yeah, just, just staring at people the place like, oh. that, that Kim Wood once illustriously told me if you like fake tits that's the place to be nice. just that, that every he goes, you just, he, his description is you wallow in the sleaze 
<laughs> you wallow in the sleaze. Oh, there's pimps, there's porn stars, there's just fucking strippers and steroid freaks yeah. and just fucking weirdos all over the place. Shame there wasn't a plus one for Patterson. <laughs> hey, come on, man. Well, actually, yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Um, Billy Kidman and Booker, a team, going up against Raven Lane. I, I, I see your Mama Luke's and I raise you Raven Lane as, in terms of shitty tag teams. Idol is terrible. Lodi. Not quite, no. Well, he had They're to bad. change. He, bad. he had yeah. to change his name because uh, Billy Idol's reps like got in touch and said, "You're not calling yeah. him Idol." Yeah. Um, team package uh, injured Hulk Hogan's shoulder at the start of the show. He comes back driving the ambulance. He's fine. He's not selling fuck all. Well, we know he's pretty handy with vehicles. He is. Oh God, it runs in the family. Yeah. <laughs> um, backstage, Vampiro is doing a moody promo with moody lighting. It's terrible. It's like they've told him to be Raven. Think, think every whiny teenage goth you've ever seen in your life, and you're pretty much there. But not, oh, not know. good, not good in a Raven way. In a really yeah. pissant kind of, uh, yeah, like you're a uh, wannabe, a wannabe goth type of way. Spilt my drink. Yeah, uh, the dog is drinking out the toilet backstage. Maybe Hacksaw cleaned it beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> Terry Funk uses a chicken against three count. Again, he's living his raw chicken. Sid and Vampiro beat the Harris twins. FYI, he was the commissioner two months ago. Oh God. Yeah, that's how that's that's how bad things are. You've got a tag match in which Vampiro is the best worker. The worker of the team. <laughs> Finally, in your main event, Flair and Luger beat Hulk Hogan and Kurt Hennig in a, by disqualification in what Dave Meltzer calls nine of the most excruciating minutes of Ric Flair's career. Lex Luger is terrible in this match. He takes a turnbuckle and just like screams that Lex Luger scream we all know. Oh! <laughs> he does it in such a ridiculous way. Well, we're, we're at the point now where he's the, yeah. the the comedy gold that he was producing is now gone. This match is just unwatchable. Absolutely terrible. Vampiro and Sting come out to run off team package to end the and, show. And yet you had us watch it as part of the timeline. I thank, did. thank you once again for that. For historical, for, for accuracy, for the people, we have to we have to actually watch this. I think they'd have forgiven us. Let's talk about the rating, shall we? Raw did a six point three, while Nitro dropped to a new low level of two point five. Uh, the Rock, the Rock versus Big Show started at six point four and ended up doing a seven point two five overrun. Nitro's main event. Did a 2.5 rating, one of the lowest ever for Nitro. How are they going to solve the problems, Carl? DJ Ran has been signed to a new contract. <laughs> he was still there at this point. <laughs> he was there. I don't think we ever saw him again. But I was going to say, I, was say I didn't think we saw him pretty much after the summer of '99. That's all I remember when he was when he, when he, when he was canned then for terrible, terrible television. He's back apparently. Signed to a new deal. All up in your area. Other ideas of WCW uh, is to bring in Mark Coleman, Don Fry, and maybe one or two other shoot fighters, include them in a group with Rick Steiner, and have them be managed by Paul Orndorff. Also, the bodybuilder on Nitro that he was fawning over is actually training at the power plant, and the news that will shock you all is showing no potential at all. Six-figure deal. <laughs> yeah. They can't even touch his fucking elbows together. No, he can't. He's fucking enormous. Absolutely ridiculous. What they say, 28-inch arms? I believe they measured him at the Arnold Classic. Yeah, I know. He wouldn't have been allowed to I, say that on yeah. WCW TV. No. Yeah, I was, I was just thinking Hogan must have not been in the, uh, Steiner. In the truck. Steiner's like, fuck this. <laughs> no way. Say, you know, like Hogan's ego. Surprised he was in the truck going, now nah, bleep that bit out, mate. He said an F word. Yes. Brian Lawler is somewhat in the doghouse with a lot of the wrestlers who don't like his attitude backstage. No. 
There is no heat whatsoever on Scott Taylor, however. In tag matches, some guys do whatever they can to make Taylor look good, but work poorly with Lawler on purpose, and there are guys who have complained to agents afterwards that he, when it's been designed that way, can't work a good match. So, uh, Brian Christopher... The old self-fulfilling prophecy. Yes, making friends backstage. So, after that god-awful episode of Nitro, and what we just talked about with the ideas on the horizon, there are rumours flying all week about potential management changes. As of press time, nothing has happened, but the locker room talk is that Eric Bischoff is going to be taking over from Bill Bush imminently. One thing is in regards to Bischoff that not only, uh, sorry, nobody has figured is his potential to make the racial discrimination lawsuit disappear because of his friendship with Sonny Ono. Of course, the company is experiencing record low ratings and the last two buy rates were embarrassing beyond anyone's wildest imagination and ticket sales over the past few weeks for upcoming shows are absolutely scary. Things can only get better. You would think. Add Diamond Dallas Page and Kevin Nash to the list of wrestlers whose pay has been cut in half with a new WCW policy of wrestlers on the injured list. So, Kevin Nash, doctor's money. DDP, doctor's money. Oh, he always takes a bullet. He does. We'll see who. Uh, we'll see how long it takes him to come back to television. The WWF, on the other hand, went from strength to strength this week as Dwayne Johnson, Vince McMahon, Mick Foley, Triple H, and Paul White appeared on Saturday Night Live on March 18th leading to that show doing a very strong rating. Uh, big, big Show and The Rock in particular came off tremendously in the comedy skits. The show did an 8.3 rating, making it the highest rated episode of the, se- of the show this season. Rock's like the man on this show. He's like yeah. the host at the start. It's clearly has, his show. Is this one where they're in the crowd for the start? Long? That's shit. Oh, that's all. I don't give a shit what the rating says. That was fucking dross. The opening... Because Triple H is trying to be funny. I mean, yeah. you know what happens yeah. when Triple H tries to be funny. Yeah. Big Show's quite good. Yeah, Big Show's always been funny. Big Show is like the the, the, the dumb big guy. Yeah. Knows how to play his role yeah. very well. But this is the rock, rock show. Rock showing um, where he's destined to go. Yeah, it's it's pretty obvious here. Hulk Hogan, on a Miami radio station to promote Uncensored, claimed he was back in WCW because the younger wrestlers couldn't cut it. <laughs> Fucking this guy. You listening, Billy? <laughs> <laughs> He's already made his flea market comments at this point, hasn't yeah. he? So, so let's just see what Hulk Hogan's bringing to the table here, because it is Sunday, March nineteenth, WCW Uncensored, unwatchable. Here we go, unbearable. Let's guess the figures. How many people in the building do you think for Uncensored pay per view? Twelve. No, no, no. G- give me twelve people. Give me, give me the benefit of the doubt. Let me have the building first. I couldn't tell you what the building was. I, I, uh, I cared so little. I didn't even uh, write it down. One thousand seven hundred. I'm going to go... I'll go 4,000, but I'm not saying that's all paid. Split the difference. 2,500 paid is the uh, the answer. A 0.13 buy rate for 47,000 buys. This show... Wrestling so hard, 47,000 buys. Bearing in mind, Hogan gets a cut of that money. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Wow, no one got paid then. (laughs) Um, This show is, for worse... Uh, ingrained on my memory forever because <laughs> and I don't know whether I said this story before. Is, this, is this a tape this is a tape <laughs> now I've already gone into the fact that you know I didn't have I didn't watch that much WCW and WCW didn't have like Silver Vision to help them out in terms of like you know distribution, their, their distribution. oh yeah they only had so, Warner Brothers yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah. that, that little mum and pop yeah. <laughs> Um, Not a single I, I, DVD on the market from yeah. WCW in its existence, by the and way. There was just nothing when you tried to look for WCW. And I've already, already talked about the, my uh, my uh, best of 
uh, two videos of best of uh, Great American Bash and Uncensored and Fallbrawl and all that stuff. Think about the gore! Think about the nerve! To call a video that! It's more front than Brighton. It was just. It was atrocious. And so I've never seen a WCW pay per view all the way through. And I went into this little kind of bric a brac place where they used to do um, secondhand VHSs. This is when DVDs were just coming out. I said, you get video, video secondhand VHSs on the cheap. And so I'd get loads of stuff in there. And I saw a WCW pay per view in there and I got excited. And I was like, right, I'm going to buy this no matter what it was. It was only a couple of quid. And I said, because I've never seen WCW pay per view. I, if I could go back in time and kick myself in the balls, it would be at precisely this moment. Because even though I had three very big clues on the front of the case to tell me that this show was going to be the dog shits, right? Those three things being WCW 2000, Jeff Jarrett, and Sid. <laughs> Those are the three images that were on the front of that case, uh, on the front of that VHS tape. I ended up buying this and going back. And to say that I didn't watch another WCW pay-per-view until the network came out tells you how bad <laughs> the show is. This is ingrained on my mind. Hogan... Ric Flair strap match main event Jeff Jarrett Sid for the title Bam Bam the wall uh, Lex Luger Sting fucking Brian Nobbs versus all three members of three count mm-hmm. this show is fucking awful Harlem it, Heat versus Kidman and Booker oh this, can, this this entire show is just drag from beginning to end and also the fact that it has what will very closely soon be the new Nitro set I don't know whether they'll do this oh, yeah. on the other pay-per-views yet but it's got that massive like you know yeah. that cheap ass Titantron uh, rip-off uh, uh, that they uh, had the Turnatron the Turnatron <coughs> with, uh, sorry Nitrovision with yeah. like uh, with, without anything like covering it 2020 the, the, oh, the, this show just there's like nothing there's nothing to this. Yeah, the only thing that's mildly entertaining was Luger's entrance because I hadn't seen it before. Looks Luger's just hilarious. Luger just being a douche. That's literally it. He the, looks the, so fucking old, by my, the way, at this point, my, Luger. My, 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 I could, still to this day, I can't comprehend one, just a title match. A title match being between Sid and Jeff Jarrett, two of the most useless fucks uh, <laughs> you can just ever have in a, in a main event for a title. I, but the fact that that was gazumped for a freaking match from 94... <laughs> right, oh, and, and which they loudly, literally, they proudly, they proudly lauded that yeah, fact. It's literally built. from '94 because they're both wearing the same clothes that they wore in '94. Is just terrible. It is the worst. It, it, it is one of the worst main events. Hulk I've Hogan. Seen. Hulk Hogan not only won the main event twice, he also won the world title match for Sid that he wasn't even in. It was like a dark comedy, where it says Dave Meltzer here. The worst things uh, come for the company, the more obvious changes have to be made, and the more they continue to go stronger in the wrong direction. Uh, let's talk about the, uh, the highlights. This won't take long. Wall, Chuck Slams crowbar off the entrance in their latest attempt to do a big angle. Yep, and, and people try the... Well, disgusting might be too strong, but the, that infuriating element of the... Let's do the Owen Hart style voice on commentary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The tragic event has occurred. Yes. Voice. Um, Hulk Hogan beats up the Harris boys. Leg drops. Jeff Jarrett puts Sid on top for Sid to retain the belt. So thanks, Hulk. And then in your main event, he beats Ric Flair with a leg drop in the strap match, and then takes him to all four corners to slap the buckles as well. Hulk Hogan is the man. In case you didn't know. And just to emphasise the fall from grace this company is having. Gee, you talk about it being a rematch from 1994 mm-hmm. it's a rematch from 12 months prior on Uncensored oh yes Carl. Yeah. give us those stats where 
I believe it, it was a, it was a sold out crowd. I think it was in Louisville in Kentucky at Freedom Hall, sold out. One point zero by rate, I believe. I believe so. Yeah. So they've effectively, in the space of a year, lost ninety percent of their pay per view paying audience. Staggering. Absolutely. With staggering. the same match. Unbelievable. I was going to talk about Prince I care, but I the artist. Yeah. And bear in mind that they've got they've. If you want more numbers, what was that number you gave me? Two thousand five hundred paid. Yeah. I think the paid attendance the previous year would have been in excess of thirteen thousand. <laughs> Unbelievable stuff. Was Good this work. A, this was a show that Candido debuted. He did. He's, yeah. he's rocked up on commentary. It's hard yeah. knocks. Hard knocks. Yeah. Doesn't he then? Like he had a few. Doesn't he then change into um, no gimmicks needed? Yeah. Which ironically is a gimmick. Well, well yeah. look, look at this point. He's got to do anything for a paycheck because Heyman's forced him to lose his house. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's talk about some more WCW, shall we, lads? I, I don't think we can get enough oh, Nitro. No, no. March twentieth, okay. next day, Lex Luger beats Vampiro. Uh, the crowd actually got into this a little bit, thinking Vampiro might win. So what happens to that push? Nope, it's over. Okay. Yeah, it's done. They did a, uh, you know what? This is the one thing Sid did well all month. They did a press conference with Sid. Uh, and it was supposed to be after the pay-per-view where he was answering questions and acting humble Hulk Hogan comes in and starts taking questions and steals the spotlight and you just, of course he does oh, it was just hilarious but they just showed Sid's little subtle reaction it's like yeah. that's really fucking good mm. that's really good that's like a bit of fucking reason for something to happen that's a good angle mm. it's a shame who's a in sh- it a shame with the participants involved but yeah. kudos to you Sid that's the only time I'm going to say that so this, 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 this podcast so there you go um Sting beats Ric Flair speaking of matches that have been going on for about 20 years yeah. disqualification when Lex Luger turns up uh, Flair was like far and away the best guy on the show which is like terrifying when you really think about it at this point and in your main event Jeff Jarrett and Scott Steiner who were turned on uncensored uh, go up against Hogan and Sid Hogan didn't sell a single thing the whole match for anybody um, and then Sid chokeslams Hogan at the end and covers him and the referee counts the pin and Jeff Jarrett and Scott Steiner celebrate but uh yeah, I don't think that this was not well executed at all. This, this is where Madden on country is screaming when Hogan gets the hot tag, he starts screaming, "Look at Sid! Something's going on in Sid's eyes!" And like, obviously, we can't see Sid's can't eyes. See Sid's eyes. Totally telegraphs that the turns come in, which you know, it's like. Uh, granted, I'm sure he was told to do this, but the, again, from an execution standpoint, just it, it, it hurt. Is this uh, is this, by this point has um, Steiner actually started working the matches now? Yeah, he's this. this I mean, he came back. He came back. Um, at the pay-per-view and he comes out on this show with censored on his mouth with a tape yeah, yeah, and then he rips yeah. it off in his Jarrett's pie he, be- he doesn't do that much in this match but he, he, he be- yeah. in fact he barely interacts with I Hogan I remember at, all. at some point where he's, he's in tag matches but it's actually Jarrett doing all the work and he was just literally at ringside yeah. so I was wondering if he was actually fit to come back or they were just biding time yeah so that's Nitro for you red hot stuff here Sid Lots versus Hogan Wrestlemania 8 all over again how long till they go out of business? <laughs> <laughs> over on Raw it's in Chicago baby and you always know when you're in Chicago you're going to get a fucking awesome hot crowd mm. we get a very big uh, family open with Vince McMahon making the Mania three way match for tonight uh, Triple H yeah. says okay we're going to do the match if we, and the crowd's just eating this up I want to do this match tonight mm. Triple H says yes it will but if it does it's not going to happen at Wrestlemania so that's the agreement oh, I don't care. <laughs> they, they, and again they're, they're just fucking, this is really good you know there are times yeah. during this period where Raw would open and Triple H's music hits and I want to fucking cry because it's that same song and I like that song but and also it just plays again 
and again this oh, <laughs> and also actually like Triple H was actually correct in that statement that triple threat would not happen at Wrestlemania yeah he was right um, Rikishi versus Kane gets booked and ends with DX attacking uh, Kane Rikishi makes the save to set up the Mania tag which is again Mania's only a couple well, weeks away I'm going to say we're very much at the sort of the yeah. rush stage yeah, here yeah. oh Christ this is the two this week is the mark. show this is where, where everything gets booked Chris Jericho beats Chris Benoit and it was actually a pretty great match yeah. when uh, Angle hits Benoit with the belt and then hits Jericho with it afterwards as yeah. well so there you go Love, lovely stuff from Kurt on commentary as well he's great on commentary carrying himself perfectly Bob mm. Backlund shows up again I just wrote why is Backlund around yeah, not needed. Like in, in, a, in, a tri- in a triple threat feud between Benoit, Angle, Jericho, there's no need Bob to have this guy not needed. in there. Trish Stratus makes her debut on Raw to announce the tag team of T yeah. and A. Have, having previously and made that. her debut on Heat. Yeah. Which mm. should be scouting Test yeah. and Albert. Mm. Do you get it, JR? Do you get it? Do you get T and A? T and A? Yeah. Yeah, we get it, King. Yeah. So it was a fucking brick to the face. Thanks, Jerry. Not a good promo from Trish here for a first outing. Noticeably nervous. Very yes. nervous. Yeah, absolutely. We get a tag team battle royal to see who's going to face the Dudleys at WrestleMania, and it ends with the Hardys and Edge and Christian uh, in the ring. But the Dudleys lay out both teams. No winner. Onwards we go. Yeah, ho- hopefully they'll uh, resolve that issue there. Yeah, and in the main event, which was just fucking molten hot crowd, such heat. The Rock is carrying this show from a babyface. Mm. He is fucking awesome. Yeah. Triple H pins the Big Show with the pedigree to retain. Rock doesn't take the pin. Uh, Triple H wins again I've I really enjoyed this match this is just so much fun to watch so so hot this crowd and then Linda McMahon appears on the stage to your favourite song <laughs> a fan actually tries to hit the stage and Triple H jumps yeah, on him yeah. and Linda McMahon introduces a fourth component for the it's Wrestlemania point, match sorry. it's at that point they knew it was family yeah yeah oh, <laughs> oh you bastard <laughs> and then and then Linda announces Mick Foley is returning for one night only to be in the main event at Wrestlemania and this place fucking blows the crowd go apeshit and it's evidence of what Triple H is capable of doing when he doesn't want to bury the baby face in the programme what were your thoughts about Foley being here after No Way Out at the time I mean obviously now in retrospect we can say a lot but at the time were you in favour of Foley being back at the time, I didn't necessarily think about things the way I do now. So I think, and, and particularly as someone who, as great as The Rock was, I missed Steve. And then, <laughs> and then, and then Mick wah, went. Wah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I'm, I'm dealing with a main event program that involves Big Show and Triple H. I never, I didn't really care for it at this point. Mm. Even still at this point, I thought, mm. So just, just to have him back, it just... I was pleased at the time. Okay. Um, yes and no uh, at the time. Uh, obviously, as soon as the announcement was made, I was also happy because I was, I was a massive Foley fan. Um, amazing how quickly he can gain weight again in like two weeks. Oh, he, that man, that man, when he knows he doesn't That's, need to watch that, his weight. That guy knows how to gain weight better than anybody <laughs> in the world. Or Akishi could take tips from him. Um, so I was happy initially. Um, so I was a fan of Foley um, but in all generally at the time uh, looking back on it it did have a uh, a detrimental effect uh, in my um, need for The Rock to win Yeah. because uh, I was obviously b- b- even bigger fan of Rock than I was uh, Foley and was fully on the train like Rock's going to win 
and then I think this was a bad decision for multiple reasons. But we can go into the obvious things about mm-hmm. you should, if you do an angle where somebody retires, you don't bring them back. You know, three weeks later, we can go over that over the sun. I just thought it was a bad idea because they, with that promo that Linda does, she sets up a better storyline potentially where she turns around and says, this is his last chance to win and if he does, you know, he gets to go to WrestleMania, there'll gets be a to tournament. Win about, then there'll be a tournament and then in my head, as like, like as, as 16 year I was watching this at the time, I was like, yeah, that'd be fucking amazing actually for Foley, if Foley finally gets the big win on the big show and and he can and he put the he put the tile up and then like the rock could win it then and it's like it was like that was a bad move because it like as a wholeheartedly a rock supporter it made me second guess rock winning for me it, it gave me a better storyline which is not what you wanted and probably what they didn't want from the Foley edition uh, they just wanted extra name value uh, so that was just, that was just my interpretation at the time where it was just like I just suddenly thought the McFoley's and so then I went in there. Uh, and you're looking back on it now it, it made me go split heading into Wrestlemania because then it, instead of becoming like Rock needs to win this he needs to beat Triple H and Big Show it became like I'd be happy if Foley wins and it's like and when you're really trying to push the Rock as the lead babyface you should not be given that secondary option well I again I don't think that's the sort of thing that resonated with most people I, I think in terms oh they wouldn't of, consciously just, think that but it was just happened by like, yeah but, but, but more in the sense of people still with the rock by the time we get to mania it's, it's a rock crowd yeah. people aren't it's you know they're pleased to see Foley but they're not they're not really with him so I don't I don't think yeah. there's a risk of a, of a split there in truth and fundamentally if it's not Foley if he says no then it's probably someone else because you need the fourth person mm. to have yeah. as we'll see the McMahon in every corner Yes. Well, it was going to be, uh, uh, wasn't it the old room mills was supposed to be Jericho? Jericho, yeah. And it, ironically, if, uh, if when you click on the uh, the image for WrestleMania on the network, the, the four image people. That is the four people they show in the promotional picture is the one that has Jericho which in is, it. That was on the poster, which is why that was yeah. originally the plan, apparently. Mm. Uh, ratings roared at a 6.2 this week to Nitro's 2.5. So both shows pretty much are staying exactly where they are mm-hmm. now. Raw's three-way main event did do a 6.4 quarter and a 7.3 over and nothing blow away. Yeah. Uh, Nitro's main event did a 2.9. The Hogan-Sid press conference, this is the Hulk Hogan who came back because the young guys can't cut it, the press conference did a 1.7 quarter that, hour. That, all, that almost... <laughs> Gotta love that, eh? That almost, uh, would you say, kind of almost vindicates the, uh, the addition of Foley. The fact that the, I mean the number was obviously good for that mm. main event, but as you said, it wasn't blown away. Considering that's supposed to be the Mania main event, and that's what they were being building up to that point. That that was the Mania main event, the triple threat. That it doesn't increase any viewership from the previous week. Yeah. It kind of doesn't. Interesting. Again. Like yeah, maybe they did need Foley in there I, in some way. I honestly, I don't think it would have made a bit of difference. Genuinely, don't. I think it's Rock in a main event. I think you still get the same number with the Rock. Foley wasn't there the previous week. You got the number with the Rock. Rock is the driving force behind this. Yeah. Hogan was on Orlando Radio making more friends on March 21st, <laughs> running down a lot of WCW, saying Bret Hart was up in Canada and couldn't remember what WCW was. Classy. That DDP was out with a broken fingernail, and WCW needs guys that will crawl through broken glass with one arm in a sling to sacrifice and get in the ring. Yes, Hulk Hogan channeling his inner Annie Lennox. Hogan praising Hogan, you need you need two good thighs in order to crawl. <laughs> Hogan praised Vampiro, then said Kidman should train as hard as Tory. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Terry. 
I do find that slightly humorous in the sense that I'm someone who's never really cared for Kidman. So. <laughs> in a yeah. go ahead. No, I was going to say just uh, more, more of the same. Nothing changes. He's all over the fucking show. Why does he need to bury everybody? He's got what he wants. Because it's just constant. He has the smallest penis. Ah, yeah. Who knows, man? Smallest penis. In a decision that had been in the works for about one month. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that's long-term so, planning in so, WCW. So, so just the way you just phrase that, like yeah. you're building up for one month. <laughs> that's WCW. That's there. That's long-term. Long-term planning. Term plan. Brad Siegel completed the circular backstabbing game, which has wound up in a pro wrestling-like tag team of the two people, former enemies with nothing in common, bound together by their hatred of common enemies. After seemingly swimming in an ocean of rapidly declining numbers across the board, WCW went to a strange pair of people as its life preservers. Eric Bischoff and Vince Russo. Then... That's <laughs> Carl banging his head against the table, everybody. In the game, where political allies take precedence over economic realities, the group that pulled the coup to get rid of Bischoff in early September, headed by Bill Bush, Gary Juster, J.J. Dillon and Kevin Sullivan, known as the Good Old Boys Network on television in WCW for the next month, and who, barely three months after a much ballyhooed hiring of Russo, eliminated him from power as well, saw the tables turn, where they also, after barely two months in power, couldn't turn the declining economic fortunes around. At the same time that Siegel demanded Bush and Sullivan come up with a plan to turn things around for the rest of the year and for Bill Goldberg's return, which we talked about earlier on, Bischoff and Russo came up with their own plan, pitched it to Bill Bush, largely built around a storyline with Bischoff representing the older wrestlers and Russo, the newer wrestlers, feuding on television over power, presented to management as a new NWO-type angle. Can't wait. (laughs) Officially, Bischoff was hired on March 22nd as the head of the creative end of WCW. Why would anybody do that? (laughs) Because his deal-making was largely responsible for the company running so deeply in red ink in 1999, Bischoff was given no control over the business end of the company. The first order of business was to cancel TV tapings on April 3rd and 4th to give them until April 10th to start fresh with new storylines. Bill Bush apparently told Brad Siegel that if Bischoff was brought back, he would quit. Siegel didn't believe him or didn't care, so Bush quit. On Friday, Sullivan was told that he was basically being put on ice, put in the position that Russo was put in previously. He still has two two years under contract, but he's being sent home. So, there you go. What New a horrible, power. What a horrible predicament to be in. Sent home on two years' pay. I feel bad for him. Yeah, my heart bleeds. Vince Russo, Eric Bischoff. After what had just happened with Russo, he'd only been gone two months. I will, Eric Bischoff, I will, I will, I will who tanked this fucker. That is the best solution they think they have. Can you imagine that being your best option? Hogan has to play the part there somewhere with Bischoff. You think after not doing so well, Hogan on top, getting his buddy in to secure his position, maybe? Russo. Yeah, I'll comment when we get to the show. On the other channel, while other stuff's going on, at one point, the plan was for Perry Saturn versus Taz at WrestleMania in a useless little factoid that gets dropped. Uh, At this point... For anything? uh, Shits and giggles, I guess. At this point, the plans are for neither Austin nor Undertaker to appear at uh, WrestleMania. Depending upon their physical condition, that could change at the last minute. But uh, at one point, they were hoping that Austin was going to be there. 
so uh, I'm, I'm capable of doing some physicality, but that obviously is not the case. Let's talk about the last Nitro and Raw of the month, shall we? Because it's the long-awaited, built-up for a month, Spring Break show. That's right. We're, at the, we're poolside. We're poolside. We're at the beach. There is a I wish I was at Raw sign right in front of the camera for the whole show. That really sets the tone. The show consists of Mark Madden and Tony Schiavone constantly pushing that Russo and Bischoff were coming uh, to WCW and they were going to change everything. Vampiro does an interview telling Hulk Hogan that someone's placed a bounty on him for half a million dollars. He said he didn't know who did it. Uh, the announcers already told us that Sid had done it. So, more of that great communication and storytelling. Can't wait for Russo and Bischoff. This is, of course, the scene where Hulk Hogan's in the ring. The wall is standing on a building about 100 miles away, and Hogan knows it's... It's the wall, brother! It's yeah. the wall! He's got... He's got he's the, no, he, he wasn't saying it's the wall. He just said, our wall. He just said, there's our wall. <laughs> there's a wall! You couldn't, couldn't see, but I fucking wouldn't have been Sorry. able to see from that distance. Okay, the spotlight's, the spotlight's on the wall. He's doing his chokeslam sign, and his music's playing for some reason. <laughs> yeah. And, we, and we, that means immediately he's challenging Hogan. So, there you go. Sting and Vampiro beat Ric Flair and Lex Luger when Sting pins Luger in the Gulf of Mexico. This is quite a humorous uh, humorous situation here. And you thought the Bay of Pigs was a clusterfuck. <laughs> Luger ends up taking a bump in the pool. Uh, he threw a waiter in the pool. Sting threw sauce all over him. Oh, Giovanni couldn't get excited enough over guacamole. Oh, yeah. This, this was quite amusing. Luger is funny as a stooge. This, this, this is funny because like, I think like after... There's like a really weird finish to this. Oh yes, and then and then afterwards, the pile driver in the sea. Yeah, the pile driver yeah. in and the then, sea. And then, but then like Luger, it takes a backdrop in the goal yeah, before but that. Then too. like Luger just gets up and he's just standing there with like the water up to his like freaking knees, <laughs> just looking at Sting. And Sting celebrating. I think there's like Sting just hit him again. Twats him one more time. But the Sting's just this Luger's standing there like really awkwardly, like he's really quite. Probably fucking freeze, freezing his bollocks off in the in the in the in the river. At one point, Liz tries to throw something at Sting, misses, and then turns to the cameras, laughs. That's how seriously they're all taking it now. Yeah. Luger looks like physically, like he just looks like. I've said this before. This is the period where Lex looks like he's in the combination, the rare combination of absolutely unbelievable shape, yeah. but looking like he's about to die at any minute at the yeah. same time. Yeah. He's got that yeah. that roids and yeah. pills look about his face. Not good. Uh, the original finish was supposed to be Vampiro pinning Ric Flair. But uh, Ric Flair was not too happy about that suggestion, and think, think how shit, how shit, how terribly awful you must be for Ric Flair, for Ric Flair to be able to pull a power play in this company, <laughs> something he hasn't done since the days of Jim Hurd. Yeah. And even then, yeah. yeah. Oh wow. Finally, in your long-awaited main event, the Wall beats Hulk Hogan by disqualification. Hogan got up from the choke slam, but also allowed Wall to get up from the leg drop. The original finish That's was. Fine. Yeah, the original finish was Hogan winning clean, but he vetoed it and instead changed the finish where the wall would pop up from the leg drop. It would be a DQ finish. They'd put the wall through a table and then he'd get up from that as well. So Hogan vouching for the wall, a man who has absolutely no chance of taking his spot. Exactly, but he's also big. And he's big and he's got no charisma. He's only... He's only the, only yeah. the only redeeming feature about this entire show was Kimberly Page. Yes, Kimberly Page, who looked tremendous, yeah. looked like a star, yeah. absolutely like a star. That is a, a good-looking woman, indeed. No and Gene Oakland's line to that person in the crowd that we can't see. Yeah, that's <laughs> always good. Um, March twenty-seventh, over on Raw. It's the go-home show for WrestleMania. All matches need to be booked for this. <laughs> yes, they do. Let's yes. get going. <laughs> Linda McMahon starts us off very slow here. 
not Linda's finest work Jesus. and she doesn't have a lot to point to in that category anyway Vince comes out to save it uh, demands an apology from Steph because on Smackdown Steph slaps yes. Linda yes this, yes. this this was this was a big thing. I was watching the Smackdowns. Well. Yeah, me too. Uh, because they're great. Um, oh, the Smackdowns. Are yeah. Great. So, um, yeah, this this is the one where yeah, it's, yeah, as you said, a very slow start by Linda, and then like Vince comes out, and it's or is it like I don't know, like almost slightly preempting a bit of still like healness in Vince because the fact is it's about Linda getting slapped by Steph and then Vince comes down and goes yes I think you're right she needs to apologise to both of us <laughs> you know, like, not, not to you to both of us I was just there going like okay it's Vince. just like even like Vince still has to layer in that that very typical Vince thing <laughs> even though he's supposed to be a baby face making it about him basically everybody comes out kind of yeah. one after the other after the other after the other the heels lay out the faces in this scene Vince, yeah. Rock and Foley get laid out by Triple H, Shane and Big Show. Yes, there are wrestlers involved in this angle. 23 minutes this goes yep. to start the show. They can do what they want. And the crowd they loves no, it. They've got no challenge. crowd loves it. Uh, Benoit and Guerrero go over Chris Jericho and China in two minutes in the uh, match that follows because yeah. obviously that previous segment went long. And I just wrote down the job face on China is hilarious here. I, I get a kick yeah. because China, <laughs> your, uh, your road is over shortly here, honey. Um, everybody's chasing Crash Holly which leads to eventually the, the Wrestlemania match being made mm-hmm. Perry Satin and Dean Malenko beat the Hardy Boys in the good match after Edge and Christian cost them um, Kurt Angle is a star here he gets a match against Kane doesn't really make do a lot for, 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 for Angle but he does a promo before the match that I thought was hysterical talk. he basically calls Kane the big red retard Yes, and then says I don't have anything against retards by the way I happen to have a lot of retarded fans Yes, and I wish them well <laughs> Yeah. which is just great Brilliant. DQ finish kind of shitty the main event is six man it kind of gets layered throughout the whole show and yeah. not six man sorry it gets layered throughout the whole show Vincent Rock versus Show and Shane it gets laid with Triple H making himself the ref Foley making himself the ref we get dual referees crazy heat again yeah, for this main this, event I, I just I, I didn't see this one um, uh, live but I remember this being all, a vast majority of a heat episode uh, I'm guessing it was the one <laughs> to go home yeah. yeah just watching this and just the crowd on this are absolutely I, I just very vividly remember like all of it uh, to the point where I almost didn't need to watch it again I yeah. just remember all these moments of like the back and forth between Triple H and, and Foley Foley trying to be straight referee point to point, to point to Triple H, yeah just going back and forth between everyone this was a, a nice build of the four people who are actually wrestling in this main event um, yeah really uh, really really kind of nice uh, main event Vince KOs Triple H Foley puts the claw on Big Show Rock pins Shane with a rock bottom baby faces go over and again it's just something to draw a, a contrast between the two this is the, the plodding meandering nature that we've had of Nitro with the attendances in the crapper the buy rates in the crapper a less than enthused crowd and their, <laughs> and their show that week is being filmed in front of what appears to be about 150 people on a beach somewhere <laughs> whilst the wall takes abseiling lessons presumably <laughs> Contrast that to the Raw show, which this isn't a new phenomenon by any means. It's been sort of carried over from the Austin era. That is the the energy of the crowd. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And and the, the reason I, I want to sort of emphasise this one, which is because this is one of the few episodes on Raw of Raw on the network that has the extra attitude. Yeah. Bit, if you keep it playing, and it's just an, a good illustration of just how engrossed and how enthused the crowd are with the product mm-hmm. in that all you've really got is 
three people doing an elbow drop. Mm-hmm. But they get some fucking mileage but out of it. But they get some great fucking mileage out of it. To the point where the, the segment ends with Vince on the ramp just mimicking for The Rock to get the microphone mm. and speak to the people. The pop, yeah. the pop that The Rock gets from getting the microphone off Lillian Garcia before he's even said a word is something to behold. Yeah. It's almost as if he's the man. He is the man in this promotion right For now. For now. He is making things tick. He really is. And the, the thing is, uh, and also just to keep track, this is, is this three weeks in a row now Rock's going over? Uh, he didn't go over last three, week, really. Three, three out of four. Three out of three four out ain't four. bad. Which, uh, which, which considering the Rock's normal batting average towards the end yeah. of 99. Yeah. We should have known. Job to and, the boss, and, man. And in January yeah. February as well. And Al Snow. How did we not see the finish coming? <laughs> It hadn't been done before. It hadn't been done before. So it's all in the bag. Obviously, there's one SmackDown out of this, but it's all in the bag pretty much here. A lot of shit gets just chucked together at the last minute here. The DX tag thrown together, the Radicals match thrown together, the The, Battle Royal on the go home, ladder match on the go home. Uh, you know. Because I don't think they even like uh, from from the previous week where they were doing the uh, the battle royale that ended like in a schmoz. They, I mean, they still get the Hardys and Edge and Christian into it, but they don't actually announce the match. Re- they don't actually resolute the problems with that match. Like, no. where, they, where they they just they just take a, like a, a couple shows off and then they just go right back into it. That's what I meant. But like, I don't remember this show having so little build going yeah. into it. So it's really stunning to kind of like watch like, how they got away with it. By the time you've come out of the previous week, you've got the four way announced because Foley's come back. And you've got Kane and Rikishi against mm. X-Park and Road Dog. Yeah. And that's really all about it. Yeah. So, the ratings for the go-home Raw to WrestleMania headed with Nitro. Raw does a 6.6. We're up. Uh, to Nitro's 2.6. Not really all that up. Uh, Raw's main event, the, uh, the tag team match with the two referees, did a 6.9 quarter and a 7.6 overrun. Okay. Um, Hogan versus The Wall on Nitro did a 2.3. Dire. Dire, dire, dire for Hulk Hogan. A gap as big as the Gulf of Mexico. You could say, yes. At this point, every angle that was done on WCW TV this week was meaningless because everything starts anew in two weeks. There isn't one match certain for Spring Stampede, nor will there be until April the 10th. The (laughs) go-home. They learnt from the E. Yeah, well, there you go. It was reported in a trade journal that on March 28th, the WWF would announce that the XFL would air in prime time on Saturday nights. Um, what year is it? <laughs> on NBC. What are we doing? Through a deal put together by Dick Ebersol, the ramifications are huge uh, for this, both in football and wrestling. As will be the losses. <laughs> it is expected that the WWF's new television deal will be announced imminently as well. So... Eric Bischoff being brought back to power, the XFL being brought back as a business enterprise. It's amazing how much changes in. uh, More things change, the more they stay the same. So's a firing squad. (laughs) Shawn Michaels is booked on the WrestleMania Access Fan Festival. HBK is on Access. Let's hope he's in condition to perform. He's not on the show itself. He's said to be chomping at the bit to get back on television, but but the ball isn't in his court anymore. And the WWF is rolling without him. And to the new fans, he isn't even one of the top stars anymore. No, is his back still hurting? Uh, I wish Kieran was here for that. Yeah. Vince Russo was on WCW Live on March 28th. 
He said that he and Bischoff would be the main creative forces with help from Bill Banks, Ed Ferrara, and Terry Taylor. He claimed he wanted to bring Bischoff back to TV when he was writing, but nobody else liked the idea and everyone was undermining him. He said the NWO needed to be brought back and made a big impact with Eric Bischoff. He claimed the WF turned it around in the ratings when DX went to the WCW arena with a rocket launcher. Which goes to show that that narrative is all internal. They think that's a big fucking deal. Our timeline is uh, proven otherwise. He said titles have to start meaning more. <laughs> fucking this. There is no sense of there is no sense of shame Not one. amongst anyone, is there? Not one ounce of shame. The guy that made Oklahoma the cruiserweight champion, well, Medusa the cruiserweight I, champion. I cannot wait to see how he exemplifies these title belts meaning more. He bl- they, they might need to hire a continuity advisor. Yeah. He blamed Jim Ross for the period that the draft was losing in the ratings and called him lazy. And saving the best for last, Russo said he wants to bring the warrior back because, in all honesty, there isn't anyone out there that wouldn't love to see a Goldberg warrior match. Says Vince Russo. That's not me saying that. I think that's three around this table. I think. wouldn't love to see. I love. I, I, lo- I love more the rationale for the reason we were losing in the ratings was Jim Ross, Jim Ross, who happens to still be on commentary for the other side, <laughs> who are crushing it right now. Yeah. Oh, Russo. Again, you hire him. You hear that, and you still let him go ahead. Three point five, baby. Three point five. Oh, yeah. yeah well. Apparently, wink. Scott Hall underwent neck surgery on March 28th for the injuries suffered from the powerbomb and guitar shots at Super Brawl. This is what's being reported by one friend of Hall's, although two other close friends of his knew nothing about this alleged surgery. Uh, but they also indicate that nobody really hears much from him these days and haven't done for a long time. So there's some reliable fucking sourcing, I suppose. Don't worry, but... I'm sure there'll be a fender bender on the way. Yeah. The USA Today had a big story on Mick Foley on March 29th talking about coming back. Uh, Mick Foley said, knowing that he was going back on his word, he spent 20 minutes trying to talk Vincent Mann out of doing the match. It may take some people a while to forgive me, says Foley, but not as long as it would take me to uh, forgive myself if I didn't do it. Realistically, it's probably going to be the most money that I've ever made in one show, so 15 years from now, when everyone has forgiven me, my kids' college will be taken care of. Keep cashing them checks. Are you still talking about it the first time? Or? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the odds of success of the XFL increased greatly this past week, jokes Dave Meltzer. When the announcement of the deal with NBC uh, comes along, that they will be 50% owners of the league and broadcast the games every Saturday night from February through April. In the deal, NBC and WWF would share uh, half of the startup costs for the league, which are estimated to be about $100 million. Yeah, chances of success. More on this later in the timeline. The UK consumer affair television show Watchdog on BBC One on March 31st ran a report on the WCW UK tour that we talked about previously. They were flooded with complaints that Sting and Goldberg were not only advertised but actually on the printed tickets and didn't appear. There were also complaints about the Harris Twins versus the Mamelukes as the main event. Told you! Told you! Just... Just because. <laughs> you know it. you really, you know you're really dredging the freaking cesspool when you got to get freaking Anne Robinson involved. <laughs> but isn't it great though? You know what I'm pissed about? I fucking paid money for my kids to see this show with Sting and Goldberg on the tickets, we and they weren't there. And they weren't there. And while we're at it, the fucking Mamelukes and the Harris boys. Are you having a laugh? Pisons my ass. <laughs> this is. 
Okay, so the last time we did a timeline show, I mentioned a statistic that I'd completely forgotten about that blew my mind when I read it back, and I couldn't wait to read it. Here it is. In March... The, the month of March is over in our timeline now. In March, WCW averaged 1,932 fans paid per show. So Uncensored was an unqualified success then. It was e- above average. <laughs> it was. East <laughs> Sanders would be chuffed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just think about what it would have been like without the Uncensored uh, mother load, I suppose. So WCW averages 1,932 fans paid. ECW averaged 2,036 fans paid per live event. Living Dangerously did a higher buy rate than Uncensored did in March. When it comes to the paid metrics, in the month of March, ECW has overtaken WCW for the number two spot in North America. A a trend which will continue for the rest of the the year. Fucking unbelievable. If WF was number one, then WCW was number two. If WCW was number one, WF was number two. ECW was always number three. Always. (laughs) Always. He wouldn't lie. He wouldn't lie. Prick. Anyway, so that takes us now on that high note from the worst of times to Wrestlemania 2000 Sunday April 2nd 18,034 fans sell out the building a 2.08 buy rate for 780,000 buys again uncensored 47 Wrestlemania 780,000 didn't live up to the hype although having said that we, maybe it did we, we, got, we got it yeah exactly Yeah. Um, Mania ran wild we, 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 got, we got it uh, on the next show uh, the proper mania. Yes, uh, it's, it's not a bad show. Uh, not by a long mm, shot. I, thought, I, thought, I wouldn't say it's a particularly good show. Yeah, I'd say it's, well, a, it's a bad show. There's there's <laughs> there's one very good match, and there's the rest. It's it's uh, it's an overbooked uh, show, uh, but not completely without merit. At least, at least from my perspective. Anyway, not, I, I it's, it's definitely not the strongest. Uh, it's not helped by a very uncharacteristically flat crowd that the whole show. Yeah, doesn't doesn't help when you kick it off with Boss Man and Bull. Yeah, doesn't help when you put TNA versus Head Cheese. Yeah, there's, there's, uh, you, ostensibly two heel teams. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of like drag tag team matches going on. Very, uh, in the WrestleMania early Six Shades, um, you know. It do, uh, and then uh, that doesn't because I was about to about to say at least it does pick up with the hardcore match. But then I th- even then it's kind of like because you've got more dregs in there. Mm-hmm. Um, well, ba- basically, uh, we'll, we'll kind of get into it like more when we get there. But uh, the backlash is the more. WrestleMania show the two because the they literally the learn show. they learn all the uh, booking mistakes that they make on this show and rectify it on here like with, with the hardcore match um, they had like about 50 people involved in it and then they whittled it down to 6 uh, out of people that could actually care about you can care about um, and Bob Holly yeah <laughs> Bob Holly yeah nice one um, yeah you're right uh, you're right Carl it's, it is pretty much just one match uh, mostly um, the ladder match the ladder match, ladder match uh, you know we've, we've gone over that match before it's obviously a great match um, I, th- I, I I quite I like the uh, the triple threat I think the triple threat's a good match um, it might not be a it's, blow away but it's it's, it's, it's a good a, match it's okay when you consider the talent involved it yeah it's, I mean I mean it does it, I, it probably I, should have longer yeah it does hurt the fact that they're doing the whole two two falls two falls things which does I don't feel 
helps. But I mean, I guess it's one of those ideas that sounds thing. like it could be quite fun on paper, and then yeah. in practice, it, it's it's like, it sounds good. It's like, oh, how do we get both the belts off Kurt? And well, we do it so they, the other two guys pin each other, and that way Kurt stays. Kurt's fine, but then you've got tidy. two belts held by people who've lost. But also, two belts held by people who've won. 50-50. You do get... Yeah, you get you get the Kane Bikishi stuff in semi. Pete Rose, and, yeah, Pete Rose before the Each final the time, if I remember right, final yeah. time they do that. Um, you get the uh, six man, six person yeah. um, tag match with uh, the radicals. Radicals losing again, man. This the radicals Eddie doing the job. Eddie, yeah, doing, Eddie the, doing the, the job. job. The radical. This is uh, this this whole radicals run was like they come in so hot. Uh, and for the first few weeks, they're so hot, and then just bit by bit. I mean, there's the exceptions here and there where Ben was getting. Just, just quickly there. Mm. You say Ben was getting. Ben was being protected for the most part, which, yes. which is fair. Yeah, he's getting something. He's, he's not really getting an awful lot of focus, mind you. No. I think you've been a bit kind, saying they're hot for a few weeks. I think they killed that first night. Killed the first night when they turned heel. They got a bit of steam to him. It feels yeah. like. Yeah. The Dallas 10 man doesn't the, lie. Are you saying the very first night when they the jumped match, the rail, or are you saying SmackDown? The SmackDown. SmackDown. The 10 man has the benefit of heel Triple H, The Rock. Um, too cool. Too cool. Really? I, uh, yeah. d- to be perfectly honest, I think the Radicals are just there in that match. And I say that as someone who likes all four of them. Yeah. They're just there. It, it, I mean, to play the, devil's advocate, the, the job it, at No it, Way it, Out was offensive to it, me when they yes. lost two corner that, and, and obviously, uh, obviously, the unfortunate situation of Eddie like dislocating his elbow didn't help because that changed booking quite radically on on that SmackDown episode. Um, I mean, you could still argue that just having even two of the, two of them, two of the three matches losing wasn't going to help. None of them should have been doing a job the first week. No, no, no absolutely no one. And, and that's the thing. As I said, like it's just little scraps. It's little things like where Ben was getting at least something where he's kind of rubbing shoulders with the top. But as you said, he's not really. He's being protected more than actually really given anything. And it continues through. It does. I don't really feel like they start doing anything with him until like after Mania. Yeah. And, and this is especially obvious in the fact that Benoit wins the Intercontinental, but in the weirdest. <laughs> I understand why they do it because they want the babyface championship win to be the last thing but it was just weird how they did the Intercontinental title first, first and then the European I thought second. that at the time so I again. thought that really like lowered Benoit's win because it's just like oh yeah Benoit's in the Intercontinental now on to the next match and it's like there was no moment for it mm-hmm. and even like at the very end where they're giving the titles it's just like Jericho's music's playing but they're giving like the belt to Benoit and Benoit's like on the outside holding the belt it's just like man this is just this really right. doesn't feel right and yeah. then you have this this six uh, person uh, match where I mean it w- I know obviously where they're trying to go obviously where they're going with China and Eddie and stuff but it would have been much better if it had just been much <laughs> slightly better I guess if they had Rikishi in that match uh, to actually have the full unit because that's how they've been booking for the last mm-hmm. like three months to take mm-hmm. on the new unit and then they could have just had Kane in a handicap match because Kane could have kicked both the, uh, Road Dog and X Pac's ass anyway. I mean, you probably should have just well, done X Pac. You should have just do X Pac Kane. Yeah, exactly. The problem is you've already done, done that. that. So done you've already done a cage match. Yeah, so they do a handicap the, the, match. The, the thing is, the thing is, post Mania, the Radicals are effectively over as an entity anyway. Yeah, Eddie, Eddie. Goes off with Mamacita. He's ostensibly a comedy character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, kind of a half-assed babyface before long. Yeah. Yeah. Um, by is it Judgment? It's not Judgment Day, is it? Oh yeah, by Judgment Day. They're doing a three-way by, by, by Judgment Day. Was it Judgment Day or Full mm-hmm. Road? Just, by Judgment Day, there's a three-way. Yes. And by f- yeah, at that point, pretty much Benoit is broken off from the group after Mania. He's yeah. got to see yeah. a few of singles program with Jericho going forward. It was cool yeah. Too. It goes towards the rock as well. Yeah, so we obviously finished the show with Triple H winning. Massive shock to me at the time. Vince turning, not yeah. so much. Vince did no. the promo within the yeah. show. They show it's like, I'm going to make things right tonight. It's like, okay, that's a red yeah. flag right there. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the thing because uh, I think uh, on the SmackDown, I think, I think it's on the SmackDown when um, Linda tells uh, Vince to make it right. That's where he's getting the yeah, line yeah. from uh, in that show. He says, uh, make it right. And just then, like even I, I didn't see that at the time. But watching it back, I was like, "Fuck me!" If I'd seen that, yeah, that's yeah. that's the that's the biggest red flag that Vince is going to screw somebody. At the time of watching this, I cannot describe to you the fucking fury that came from <laughs> me when I found out because I didn't watch it live at the time. I did. I found out the next day that Rock hand won. God, this was the so fury flat. of me because I mean obviously in my, in my stupid head I just thought well they're going to all eliminate Big Show first because that's going to be obvious and then they'll eliminate Triple H and we'll just go down to, to Rock and Mick <laughs> Foley the good old boys the old Rock and Sock they're going to have a nice uh, nice friendly match so I was actually how curious. optimistic yeah, yeah I, I, I know I was 16 and stupid uh, still am not 16 uh, but, um, but uh, I, I was absolutely fuming over it watching it back now within the timeline I'm still fuming with this because <laughs> I'm even more because, angry because you know what I, I fell I've for I've allowed it, it to I, fester <laughs> I fell I fell for the rhetoric where some people turn around and said but it was different they swerved you that's a bullshit it's, they, they, they just swerved <laughs> you because it was the first time the heel champion ever attained and won at Mania and like and there'll be people out there that like try that, that, and, and they successfully with me for quite a while turned around and said but that was an interesting that's something different I was turning around and well I guess so and Triple H was it was his best year and stuff. So yeah, yeah. I watched it back again. Said no, fuck him. He should have fucking lost. I mean, we could go. We can go to a blue, uh, blue in the face of talking how it shouldn't have been a fatal four. Right? Yeah. It should have just been one on one. Maybe Austin as a referee, if you wanted. Some people want Austin involved, you know, and stuff. There's a way. There's a way of doing it, you know. And, and, and effectively, they do it the next month. Yeah. I'm not they sure he could have done month. anything at all. I think his next. Yeah. He's clearly he's at, he can't do anything. Yeah. Anymore. But I mean, but the thing is, well, if you think about it, if you're still doing some of the same timeline, if you took out the other two and you still did Rock versus Triple H and you did as no holds barred, you literally just got Austin there to keep an eye on everyone. He doesn't have to do like yeah. he doesn't have to keep getting on the mat and doing the three count. He's just doing one three count, and he's keeping an eye on Vince, and he can still do what he did at Backlash uh, with there. But they decided to go with the Fatal Four Way, and everything about this, watching this back, this was the worst fucking decision. Well, second worst, and ironically, very similar to the real bad decision they'll make one year later if you actually think about it. Because <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a Vince heel turn uh, siding with yeah. with a heel, and the heel going over on the Rock. It's mm-hmm. literally the same finish over and over again. Still but, it's a pop in Texas. Well, good for them. Um, <laughs> the rest of all don't give a fuck. Um, it's oh, just, they did. <laughs> well, just nine o'clock. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They absolutely yeah, gave yeah, a fuck. Yeah. Um, but this, watching this and watching this timeline up until this point where just Triple H is getting everything. For at least the first two months, we talked about the three where he actually did get something. And Triple H is getting everything, everything, everything. It's like, sorry, you got enough. You got Foley's career. If they decided not to put him in the match, you had Foley's career. You got enough in that time period to be legitimate. Like it, him winning this 
didn't legitimize him more. Like he'd already, they'd already I kind of. I feel like it kind of did. They can't, I, I think. I'm. I'm I think as, they as did much, enough. I think they did enough no, for Foley. I. I okay. I. I I, I, I want to agree. I want to agree. I say, whilst I'm, <laughs> whilst I would agree, I wasn't happy with Triple H going over at the time because the babyface goes over at Mania. Yeah, the good, the good guy wins. It's yes. it's effectively their it their, their, their sort yes. of a year end show, if you like. But but by the same token, I find it hard to argue and say Triple H didn't need the win. They have to have him on TV like this because I still think up until then, up until that moment, people still didn't buy him. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think. Know if I, can go with that either. I think. I think the Foley considering what the, considering yeah the Foley program look when you consider the shit base he was realistically at before the Foley yeah. program. See, it's, it's this is a chicken and egg. I think yeah if it was one on one yeah. Rock should have won. Yeah. Since they were going to muddy the waters with the four-way, I think he did need... Uh, it, okay, I don't think he needed the win. It did help him that he did. Okay, e- even if you do I think he's, caveat, he's definitely stronger coming out of it. Even if you do that caveat of just like, okay, the Mick Foley programme and winning countlessly uh, for multiple weeks wasn't enough to get him fully over with the crowd. I, 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 I could concede to that. I go okay, so he needed a mania uh, main event win uh, to solidify him. Is Triple H the focus of the company? Well, <laughs> I should, should, I mean, as we get to like, the timeline, yeah, I know we do. You will like, see. But is, isn't, will the, see. isn't the aim the Rock? Well, when you see not, where the focus not, is not, this not, summer, not, you not, might the, be not the way they book it. No, no, you be, you might be surprised as we get to the timeline just how much focus on television don't, Triple don't, H gets. Oh, don't, I, know, yeah. I know he gets the focus because yeah. it's Triple H. I know he gets the focus. Two thousand years is his big year, but I'm just saying, like, we were talking about like the, the tropes of wrestling. It's like your your, your focus is on the baby face. Mm-hmm. Should be. We we've lost Austin. Uh, Austin's ah, not going to come ah, back for a while, ah, and we're ah, trying to build Rock on, as the on, guy. Hold on, 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 hold on. The tropes of wrestling. Mm-hmm. The tropes of wrestling, in the wider sense, not just through a WWF-centric viewpoint, mm-hmm. the trope of wrestling is the heel champion, mm-hmm. and the money is in the chase. Yes, and that's what they've been doing. Well, they haven't really been doing it, have they? That's the Rock That's why I mean really by muddying the water. That's, that's, that's why not. I say if you're going to muddy it's, the waters, it's, a, it's effectively a clusterfuck. And, a, and, for, and for a match the, that's not booked until two weeks beforehand. Yeah, as a, if you're going to muddy the chase. So you hamper the money of the rock, and we'll talk about backlash soon and the money that made. Yeah. Because when they actually do focus, and yeah. I'll say it right now, the bill for backlash pisses on the bill for yeah. WrestleMania. I mean, I mean, I mean let's be perfect. And the show does the end too. Of the day, yeah. If we got our druthers about us, none of us book a four way at me. No, not. no, of course we wouldn't. And actually, or even if we did a four way, we wouldn't probably use a Foley it, and Big Show. I believe the next show that we'll do here at SCG may be a rebooking of this show. This idea has been pitched, and I quite like the idea of uh, yeah, reevaluating the roster. But we've already talked about how Jericho could have been. Uh, yeah, what could have been in there? I think I think you could easily make a case, and if you rebooked it, you could have had Benoit. Yeah, in you there. could have done. And you know, you just, you just, oh, I didn't want to watch, but just don't know. do a four way. Well, yeah. yeah, I know, I know. But if you had to do the four way, there's then much better people. options than bringing back Foley or having Big Show in there. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah but you don't have to do the four way. No, I would. And, and the premise of the four way, in truth, we're getting a. And I appreciate we're going on a bit long for this section, but the purpose of the four way isn't really for the benefit of Triple H anyway. I think no. it helps him, and I, I do think he needs that one last push. 
You know, that one's mm. the last push up the hill. I think he needs that win. But that's not the purpose of this either. The purpose mm. of this is to have a four-way so you can have all four McMahons involved. That's the focus. And that's the tragedy of it all, really. The focus of Mania 16 is not the four people in the yeah. ring. It's the McMahon family. Which is really the big crime for like, all of them. Yeah, I mean, I mean the match itself. I mean, they get big shout out of the way quite quickly, which is very good, and um, and you kind of get like a nice little bit into interplay with the final three, where they, like, there's a nice bit where Triple H is going like, "You me, you me, you me, him," like yeah, that, yeah. and he kind of and it's like you know, and it's, I, 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 I kind of strangely like the touch that it's the Rock is the one that falls him and goes, "Yeah, all right," and then he's <laughs> the one that actually just turns around to smash him in the face, just lamps him, it's just like gets the massive pop. It had to be him that does it. Uh, they wouldn't believe it. I think it was the nah. opposite way around. After like he just retired, you. Not, just like nice and it's stuff. But like yeah, just having all of the McMahons in there, it's just. I mean, we've talked about this before. It's it was just absolutely. It was just awful. Yeah, but just I just, I, there, there's, there's, there's nothing. There's nothing that will ever change my opinion on the end. Of that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, uh, it was wrong. It was. It was just. It, it felt wrong at the time of watching it. I got fooled into thinking it was right once and I won't ever again <laughs> so I watched it back again in this timeline and I'm sorry every part of me every part of me just said I'm, that you they were wrong I'm, I'm they not were just wrong I'm not endorsing I'm yeah. not endorsing the idea that the heel in this case Triple H leaves Mania as the champion I'm merely making the point whether it's Mania here whether it's somewhere else Triple H still needed that win he needed a yeah. he, he, he yeah, still needed a solidified it's not the fact that he, he had won a Mania I think it's more he won this, this mm. Mania this the way he did think, it as well. yeah I think it just I think with just Austin Garn and like you're making the rock the, the new the next guy he, I think it was that, that was more that's more the, the line that's needed to be done here it's more like you need you need a solidifying of, as rock as the man more so than Triple H as the top heel. Yeah, but it, I'm sorry, just quickly, that, that's going along with the premise that they wanted to cement the Rock as the man. You've got to bear in mind throughout the whole thought process is the oh, they're waiting for Austin. Mm -hmm. Austin will be back. Moving to the next day, this will be a very quick one. April third, <laughs> Nitro. It's a history lesson episode where they basically just rewrite history about how Bischoff and the NWO and Russo and his genius. I just wrote down one load of shit, and that's whilst, all I'm going to say to cover yeah, this fucking whilst, waste of time. Whilst yeah. acknowledging that recent months, weeks. Year has been trash. <laughs> yes, ignore but that. Things, but things will get better next week. Tune in. Yeah, of course they will. Over on Raw, the day after WrestleMania, the McMahons come out and all of them, one at a time, challenge The Rock. So that's kind of one of them. are going to wrestle The Rock tonight. Vince, there's obviously the go on, everyone. The McMahons whip, all together. Whip them out and let's see who's is bigger. Yeah. Eddie Guerrero wins the European title off Chris Jericho, an illustrious one-day reign there for Jericho, when China actually does turn heel on Jericho and sides with Latino Heat. And now Eddie is a uh, full-blown... At, at least Eddie gets some focus. He gets some focus he now. Gets some focus. Might be comedy, but focus. Chris Benoit beats Taz for uh, IC title match when Perry Saturn gets involved in another pretty good match. Yeah, fine, fine match. The big show goes Hollywood on this show. This... <laughs> <laughs> this just kind of, I mean because we're, we're build up towards a backlash now this is just out of nowhere yeah like we're talking about just random shit happening there is a leak over uh, in terms of just random shit from uh, building up to Mania and this is one post Mania of just they just baby face show mm -hmm. baby face him and not just baby facing they comedy him yeah and it's just like mid card okay. comedy shtick like Shane's face during this time period where he's just looking at him like okay what are you doing it's literally my face as well yeah. watching this back going I'm not again I'm not against him doing comedy because obviously he's as funny. told by Saturday Night Live which, which is, is why the instigator yeah. for this is that he's good at comedy 
and and I like Big Show a lot. But this was just like, this is not the right time. You you have you, you give him the title in a very poor situation, which has been uh, oh yeah, he was the champion right. a few months yeah. ago. Wasn't he was a champion a few months ago with god awful fucking angle with the coffin and everything. He then no, loses, I found it funny. well yeah, it was funny. It was funny to the sickos. Um, <laughs> it was yeah. it, he, he then he then loses the fucking title at the beginning of the year. And then he's basically this third lumpy wheel for like the majority <laughs> of this build-up until they just add Foley in there just to make it, you know, because it's crowd. You, need, proud, <laughs> you, know, you need, need, another, need another lumpy wheel to yeah, bounce exactly, out of yeah, the side. He, at the moment, he's just a gooseberry on this date that nobody wants. He's just a Dave, you know, he's slipping <laughs> around. And then, and then they just suddenly just go, no, we're just going to make you comedy because you, you, you're fat. You're nothing but a fat piece of shit. Oh, come on you now. Know, and it's just, it's like, they have this him, is so weird. They have him dancing like Rikishi for... I'm going to have some fun too. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, the fans actually... Well, yeah, well, I don't know, the fans are chatting, go big show, go yeah, big show, and he's dancing that's, around. Yeah, yes, it's odd, and you, you know, the multiple turns doesn't help, but... Mm. Yeah. You say it's the wrong time to do it, let's not pretend it's any great loss to the heel side of things. He's not fucking yeah. over. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Let's just call it spade a spade. Yeah. He's not fucking over. He wasn't <laughs> over as champion, hence he only held it for about four, five Amazing. weeks. Yeah. He's not over as a heel. Yeah. So he's not fucking over. Let's just yeah. you know. Let's just fucking do something else. If we dam, if we damage him, so what? No one gives a shit yeah. anyway. Yeah. So sexy mocks his bad dancing. Eventually, gets put through a table by Big Show. Yeah. Um, the McMahon's draws straws that backstage. Takes an hour, that takes an hour, it does. It does. Um, he surgery wasn't it yes uh, the man back first with the table yeah I don't know <laughs> pain travels mm-hmm. uh, the man's draw straws backstage and Shane's the one who ends up uh, against the rock and the rock beats Shane McMahon by pinning Triple H uh, Vince and Triple H are interfering freely throughout the match they do a three on one for a while then the McMahon's leave him to Triple H and Triple H actually gets the upper hand uh, Triple H shoves down Earl Hebner but when uh, Rock gives him the rock bottom Hebner counts the three as if uh, Rock has won Rock grabs the belt and holds it in the air and basically just says I'm the champion I'm the man because I pinned yeah. the champ and that's the end of the show so Rock after losing gets a bit of steam back here the ratings Raw coming the day after Wrestlemania did nowhere near the record rating that many predicted scoring right at its normal average of 6.4 Nitro did its all time record low a 1.78 rating uh, the Rock vs Shane main event drew a 6.5 final quarter and a strong 7.6 overrun. But interesting that Nitro doing its all-time low record doesn't get doesn't produce a boost for Raw. Uh, it's, it's 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 a recap show for Nitro, and there's probably a little bit of ill feeling from fans based on what you're coming out yeah, of. Yeah, what you're Mania hearing about. And, yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. Bischoff. In an interview with Alex Marvez, my good friend, my boy, said he and Russo have agreed that they have to blow up WCW and start from scratch next week. Resets. Resets always work. Use a bit of TNT. Yeah, he said they're going to change directions in a way nobody expects. Oh, you're right there. <laughs> the rumours going around is they will ignore the last year and put everyone in the position they were in one year ago, get the belt off Sid and onto Scott Steiner and prepare for a Steiner-Goldberg programme. Eric also said that WCW wouldn't be able to take its product to the level the WWF did because they can't do anything to embarrass Ted Turner. I think that the last year of television no, has been embarrassment enough. I was going to say, I think his accountant's already seen to that. And, and, even though they can't do anything to embarrass Turner, 
There are some people within WCW nervous about an incident that took place during the festivities at South Padre Island getting out. There was a WCW-sponsored wet t-shirt contest. I bet Ricky Rackman was there. Oh, was Tank involved. With 15 contestants. Just about every one of them ended up topless and 13 of them ended up bottomless. There were 500 to 700 people there, many with cameras and video cameras, and at least one wrestler, who as it came out was Buff Bagwell, was taking the bottoms off the participants. Of course he was. 900 grand a year, Buff Bagwell. Can't make Nitro, but he's doing that. And he can't embarrass Ted, even though there's a WCW wet t-shirt contest going on. Yeah. However, let's talk about a real story here. The big news over the week concerns the current ECW world champion Mike Awesome. Consider the timing of this, by the way. Who no-showed his dates with ECW this weekend and a report on the Bubba the Love Sponge show. I fucking moron. Claiming that WCW had made Awesome a high six-figure-per-year offer and he was joining the company. By the next day, it was fairly common knowledge in wrestling that he had accepted the WCW deal and was not going to return to ECW to drop the belt before leaving. Heyman showed up on April 9th in Buffalo for the TNN tapings and showed several people what appeared to be a three-year contract with Mike Alfonso, his real name, for slightly over $600,000 in total. Backstage, the stories went around that WCW had made offers or inquiries about several ECW wrestlers, including Lance Storm, Sandman, Rhino, Sinister Minister, Mikey Whipwreck, and Kid Cash. Well, aren't they still paying Sandman at this point? (laughs) It might have been, actually, yeah. Is that the story? He made money like long after he was fired or something? Well, I think long after he was gone, he was collecting two paychecks. <laughs> Tremendous work. So, it takes us to April the 10th, and before television even starts for Nitro, Paul Heyman attempts to get a restraining order against Mike Awesome appearing on Nitro, which didn't happen, but due to the existence of the ECW contract, it appeared that Mike Awesome was being pulled from the show. Negotiations went back and forth all day between WCW and ECW, ending just prior to the show going on the air with the agreement that WCW would pay ECW a figure reported to be in the low six figures to give Awesome a release from his deal. In return... Awesome would not bring the ECW belt on television, he would appear in street clothes to do an angle with Kevin Nash, and WCW would allow him to wrestle for ECW on April the 13th to drop the belt in the ring. In addition, on Nitro, Awesome would be billed as the ECW champion, they would plug his upcoming title defense, and they would plug the TNN show this coming Friday. So, there you go. Interesting some moves. Of, some of those things happened. Interesting yeah. moves here. The week... That uh, it is obviously discovered that ECW's beaten them for the first time. They go for the champ, go for the champ and they try and gut the roster. Well, and it's it's Bischoff's old playbook. Yeah, yeah. There you go. So we finally move to the April tenth Nitro. Now, we have done a previous show on this Nitro, so we're not going to go in depth. We have done a review covering this show in detail. This is the Russo-Bischoff team, so we'll, we'll hit the, the, the Cliffs notes, but no need to really go into de- detail. We've talked about it before. Yeah. Uh, the, t- you know, the titles are all stripped at the start because they need to mean so much more. There's a, the staging. Yeah, there's, there's a mini-tournament all night to set up uh, basically Jarrett and DDP for Spring Stampede. Uh, the Hogan-Kidman feud begins. Scott Steiner is, is, is there through a promo with Flair. Shane Douglas returns after he'd been on the, uh, uh, the, the active the list. The Hummer is back. The Hummer's back. Mm-hmm. Meet. Meet yeah. and the WWF shows up. Everyone knows what happened in New York. Everyone knows what happens in New York. And at the end of the show, Bret Hart comes out and just looks at them both like, "What the fuck's going on?" Here? <laughs> Mike Awesome does show up to clothesline yeah. Kevin Nash, uh, and there you go. <laughs> Gee, uh, you look poised. Uh, 
I will say something about this show on a positive note. Get your Budweiser ready. Watching this uh, in this timeline, uh, I, I will tell you, I was relieved when this show was on, when Russo and Bischoff came back. Solely from the point that at least I wasn't bored. <laughs> that's, that, okay. that's true. Okay. That's, that's that, not, but that's not the equivalent of saying, oh, don't worry, you haven't got AIDS, it's just HIV. <laughs> HIV can be dealt with. Here's yeah. the thing. Here's the thing. In the many rings of hell, right, of wrestling hell, of crimes that you can commit, like things like, you know, giving the green guy the fucking main belt, and things like stupid decisions you can make. Vince Russo, there's many words you can use to describe Vince Russo's booking style. Uh, many of them I'm not allowed to say, but one word I will not associate with them is boring. Okay? Well, here's the thing in general, it's not boring. The bottom ring of wrestling hell is for boring. Okay? And this is the thing. This is why I was kind of relieved, uh, at least on this, because. Up until this point, uh, this is include January and February as well. I was bored out of my fucking wad yeah. watching these shows. This is honestly, if, if they wanted to turn around and take these off the network, I wouldn't cry. That this that three month period is absolutely atrocious. Vince Russo is obviously awful, but at least when this show came out, I had no notes. I just see I haven't brought any notes from me yep. today because uh, WWF I know off by heart, uh, and I know that Vince Russo started off by heart. I had no notes. For the first there's month, to, I have, there's, there's nothing. nothing to say. It is boring. It is tedious. It's not even bad. It's not bad. Is the ring above? The the lowest ring is when it's boring, where you can't even feel emotion. Like if, if something's bad and you hate it, you're feeling the emotion about it. When you're bored out of your fucking world, you're not feeling anything. You're just comatose. You're just like catatonic watching it. And that's what yeah, I felt like can't. watching. Yeah, it's, as I say, this is this, this is the uh, the mind the smallest of compliments I'll ever give Vince Russo, <laughs> and the only fucking time is I had no notes coming to this. As soon as this show started, you I had, feel I like had, you need encyclopedia. I, I, had, I had notes up the wazoo. I stopped after a while because I knew you guys had already done the review of the show, so there was no point in me writing writing my notes for it because I didn't do that show with you guys. Um, but at least I was relieved from the standpoint of like, at least I wasn't bored anymore. At least that's awful. It's terrible. It's stupid. It's, it's, it's every, every every one of those words I can't say. But at least I had something to write about on this. So I just said, like, at this <laughs> point, I was, I, was, I was momentarily relieved <laughs> over this because I'd rather watch something that's atrocious, that insults my intelligence, that insults the business that I enjoy, <laughs> rather than just be bored out of my wad. See, I, this I is think, a debatable I think, point. I think the, 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 only, the only thing I'll say is that to just... Because I know for, where it's going. For the, sake, for the sake of brevity is to say, people who've listened to the show know my thoughts on Rousseau and know that on that basis I probably couldn't disagree more <laughs> with the point that G has just put forward <laughs> and I think the numbers will bear me out Dave Meltzer has, okay. a, Dave Meltzer has a comment the first Bischoff-Russo era episode of uh, Nitro was largely considered a major success there was a lot happening and it was unpredictable. On the downside, there were far too many insider references that were clearly lost on the live crowd and probably the majority of the television audience. Well, Scissors! Yeah, while well, Bischoff came off as a strong television personality, Russo is not good on television and looked out of place portrayed as one of the two big new stars since ultimately the show was built around Bischoff, Russo and Hogan. Yeah, dog shit. Dog shit stuff. Didn't like the show. Hated that, it. That bit was sick. 
Oh, it's god awful. But the, the announcers write it all night too with the inside yeah, references. Yeah, they're instructed to do it. It's it's terrible. And I was like, going forward, yeah, ain't gonna get much it, better. It was humorous because it did look like Sid was about to cry. Well, it's always good for a laugh, I suppose. August tenth, Raw on the other side. Uh, Rock and Vince do a promo to start it up, and I actually really like this. This is an explanation between the two characters, with Vince saying that uh, you know the Rock might have made a good doink the clown, might have made a good gobbledygooker, um, and said that he basically turned on the Rock because through everything they've been, even when he was yeah. the corporate champion yeah, way back when, nice. he never thanked him for the fact that yeah. he was handpicked and made him a star in the first place ever. Oh, that was a nice touch. Yeah, it's I like, like at good. least they gave an explanation yeah. that felt like it had a bit of a personal tinge to it, and a guy like Vince could take. They, they stopped doing that. After yeah, while. and at the same time, it's like, hey, Rock's not a kiss ass, so he wouldn't say thank you. Fuck you. Um, said Rock will get a title shot tonight if he can win a cage match. Uh, this whole thing ends with The Rock hitting Vince in the back with the chair as kind of his revenge. He wants one Smackdown as well with the chair, which is quite hilarious. Straight straight over the head. Straight over the head, yeah, it's pretty good. Especially because Vince does the slow turn around and Rock's just yeah. waiting for him. Yeah. That's hey, good stuff. Vince is crippled on the, on the, on the, on the uh, aisleway. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh my God. Don't turn around, Vince. <laughs> Triple H beats Taka Michinoku in a WWF title match. Uh, a lot of fun with the crowd actually biting at one point when Taka does the moonsault. Uh, yeah. They actually believe that Taka Michinoku, the guy who That's couldn't uh, face face planted at the Royal Rumble, is gonna get the big W and the and the big belt. Couldn't believe the uh, that's, that's some fine work. Uh, the Dudleys try to put Trish Stratus through a table this week, but uh, it doesn't work. Albert drives Bubba through, but this is very much the start of the baby uh, baby faceification, yeah. if you will, of the Dudleys uh, with Trish as their new target. Uh, and in the main event, uh, Rock's opponents are Bossman and Ball. The groans that come when that music hits from the crowd. After the match, Triple H, uh, obviously Rock wins, thank God. After the match, Triple H... You say obviously. Yeah, I know, that's why I have to temper (laughs) that one. He's lost the boss man before. Uh, Triple H rams the Rock into the cage and the Rock blades huge. What a fucking juice job this is. Triple H uses nooks, pedigrees, and Rock's bleeding all over the place. And Triple H gets a pretty good promo where he's lying on saying, you know, the game, the real game, has now begun. And it's like... This is the mania build. This is the mania build as it yeah. should have been, and it's yeah. obvious. Night, it's blatantly yeah. obvious. The ratings are in. There was about a half point shift. Nitro did a two, eight, sorry, Nitro did a three point rating to Raw's six point two, the usual. Uh, Rock versus Bossman and Bull Buchanan drew actually stronger than normal numbers, a six point eight final quarter and a seven point four overrun. So the groans may be in the crowd but the boss man is bringing him in on the television. Uh, Sting versus Page with the winner getting the pay-per-view main event match for the title with Jarrett only did a 2.46 rating. Actually the lowest rating at any point in the show. Oh God, I, oh, so, sorry, I, I completely forgot about the fact that DDP came back Yes. the week before, at the, uh, sorry, not the two weeks before, where he's, um, he's promoting... Um, Positively Page, uh, uh, the book. Yeah, no, 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 oh, and of course, yeah, and Ready, ready to, to Rumble. Of the line, because sorry, I do remember, because I wrote it down, where I just turned around and said, if ever there was, a, there was like, a wrong description for a movie ever, he turned around and he described Ready to Rumble as Wayne's World meets WCW. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> That's a lie, Dallas. 
The situation with Awesome got even more complicated with WCW sort of plugged that Awesome had a title defense, but in a vague way where it really didn't mean anything. They never plugged the TNN show, and they also violated the agreement about Awesome cutting an interview on the show, which Heyman also asked not to do. The wording of what Paul Heyman demanded and what was scripted for the WCW announcers to say has been confirmed as identical. From watching the tape, it appeared that Scott Hudson was reading the script, but was cut off by Tony Schiavone. Exactly who made that call in WCW is unclear, but a call clearly was made. This led to a situation that went back and forth prior to Thunder uh, on April 11th, with Eric Bischoff terming Awesome's eventual work destination as being a jump ball. While sources in ECW claim the original settlement, because of the violation, is out the window. Awesome's segment on Thunder was canned, and he was actually ordered to leave the building. So, uh... They actually put him on television, these dumb fucks. Violated the agreement, and they have no clear way of whether they're going to have him or not yet. So, this is just fucking... It's all going to be different, though. Fly by the city pants. No fucking clue. To clear up rumours, says Meltzer, Triple H and China have recently broken up. I did not see that coming. It's interesting timing. Isn't it? And I'm going to track this, too, because I think they get back together again shortly after this, and then break up for reals really yeah uh, April 13th this is an interesting one on the TV there front the USA Network filed suit against WWF Viacom and CBS regarding the wording of matching their offer uh, which they have the right to do for WWF's TV package earlier that day in a strange announcement the USA Network said that it was matching the offer that CBS has put down and by doing so has retained the rights to the WWF show through 2005 the WWF was not part of the announcement and had never agreed to keep its programming on USA. The deal that USA was asked to match included things that they believed to be things they shouldn't have to match because it didn't involve the four specific shows they are attempting to keep. The USA Network had seemingly been priming itself for losing the WWF deal, as in publicity and advertising packages for the new season, there was no mention of pro wrestling. So, a bit of a power play here from the USA Network. Interesting to see how uh, TV networks are kind of operating on the same premise as Nitro these days mm. on not knowing exactly what the fuck you're doing and publicly announcing shit that you have no business announcing but there you go the situation involving Mike Awesome and the ECW heavyweight title took several turns over the past few days ending with a unique situation of a WCW and WWF contracted wrestler in a match if that's what it can be called over the ECW world title in an ECW ring after Mike Awesome was iced on thunder Heyman came up with the idea to bring in Taz as a surprise opponent to win the belt Heyman called Vince McMahon, who accepted the proposal as as Heyman laid it out, which at the time was for Taz to win the title, then drop it to Tommy Dreamer, uh, with Perry Saturn costing Taz the match to sync up WWF storylines. The match happened in Indianapolis on April 13th between Awesome and Taz, and was fucking shambolic. 50 seconds? Yeah. Absolutely. Something like that? Fucking. Uh, That. That. And and the. uh, Yeah. Everything they did after that entire period where they just. In the space of low words, they're like. Oh, we'll talk about it. Cause it's like, coming. It's like twelve hours. It's like four different people hold the belt. Oh yeah. Five. No four. Sorry. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. And this is. And just... I did loads for their belt. Oh, this killed their belt. This killed the Done. belt dead. I think the promotion never recovered. Just incredible. Um, let's move to Sunday, April sixteenth. It's Spring Stampede. Eight thousand three hundred and seventy-seven fans in the building. Yeah, really impressive for an arena that can hold twenty-two thousand for Chicago Bulls <laughs> basketball, and for wrestling holds somewhere in the region of eighteen thousand. In fact, I would love to have the opportunity if I had the numbers to hand 
to go back and check what the nitro at that that very building did in '97. Oh, we should go and have a look. Sting propelled down. Yes. Was, uh, how many paid? Uh, eight thousand three hundred and seventy-seven oh, paid. Was, was, yeah, okay, they, they paid it. Believe, more I believe they papered it to get up to around thirteen thousand. Yeah, right. A zero point two five buy rate for ninety-four thousand buys. They've doubled the pay-per-view numbers. Good news. Wow. Uh, again, we did a review on this show previously. If you want a really detailed breakdown, squaredcirclegazette.com is the place to go. Quick capsule review. It's a clusterfuck. It's a fucking terrible clusterfuck. Jeff Jarrett wins the belt after Kim turns heel on DDP and hits him with a guitar. After Jarrett hit Kim with a guitar on Nitro. Mm. Scott Steiner wins the US title tournament. And Shane and Buff win the tag belt. So new blood goes over all over the place here. Uh, the next day on Nitro... April 17th again the reviews have covered this uh, this is the Red Balloon Party Red Balloons New York mm. New York playing yeah. more insider bullshit Jim Ross bashing from uh, Russo and Jarrett mm-hmm. uh, this is the show famously where they say there will be no, do- uh, no DQs in the, new- in the new WCW and the next three matches are disqualification finishes uh, Sting repels from the building for an angle with Vampiro which I thought was a bit questionable in Again, looking at yeah, the timeline so of this, soon, yeah. and man, he fucking bombed it down. That oh man, they did that way too fast. That repel, he was going way too fucking fast. Uh, the show is building to Jeff Jarrett wrestling somebody that he's apparently scared of, which turns out to be Scott Steiner, which makes no fucking sense at all. Um, as a shoot, says Meltzer, there was a debate between different factions regarding the hype during the show. The general feeling was to announce that Steiner would challenge for the belt, but Russo thought keeping it as a surprise would be better for the ratings. Yeah. Let's not tell people something's going to happen, yeah. and they'll tune in. Yeah, because it could be anybody. Because everybody's psychic. Could so be if Stone Cold. WWF, they're going to know straight away. Well, we'll talk, we'll see how how well it does for the ratings. Over on Raw, April seventeenth, this week. This is this week one is fucking phenomenal. Let me tell you right now. Yeah, Let me tell great. you right now. With with one exception. Yeah. This uh, that I'll talk about on this show. Yeah. This may be one of the finest episodes yeah. of Monday Night Raw Holy they shit. have ever done. This is great. When you see this in totality, this show yeah. is incredible. So it starts with Chris Jericho winning the WWF title from Triple H, famously after the fast count from Earl Hebner. A, a great setup before the match even starts. He reveals yeah. the APA on his side. The APA chase off fucking yeah, people that get involved. Yeah. Stephanie's out there. Everyone's out there. Triple H shoves down Earl, gets the spin kick, the line salt, fast count, one, two, three. Dude, this pop. place explodes. The pop is... Man. The thing is, like, this this I felt really... Penn was, State got treated on this yeah, night. Yeah, This was where I felt like Jericho really came into his own because obviously we, t- we talked about, like, obviously his, his him coming into the company very mishandled uh, and he kind of was treading water for a while and then it also, as we stated in the last podcast with January and February, he's kind of like just meddling with China and doing the cold co intercontinental yeah, champion and all that crap. stuff and like really it feels like he's completely meddling for a long time I mean he's, he's, he's popular but it doesn't feel like, at least watching it back that he's not really like he's not Jericho yet um, this is the first time really that you generally see like popular like hot Jericho appear because the, the crowd pop yeah. was insane this is so well worked it was just like um, Jericho and Triple H strangely work well together Um though I don't think they particularly yeah. like each other at this point they worked really well together uh, you, have the, you have the nice yeah you have the nice uh, the nice little touch of uh, obviously because there's heat between Triple H and Earl Hebner which they've been building up for several yep. weeks as well so that plays into it um, with a nice touch with the APA as well which makes Jericho look like he's like he's smart and, uh, and everything and just um, 
Yeah, did this whole opening. Talk about a fucking hot opening uh, to a show. And and also they they continue that thread on for a good portion of the show as well. This is tremendous. Scene. The the drama plays out after the match, obviously with mm. Earl Hebner eventually reversing the decision. Um, Triple H tells Earl to get the belt off that sword off midget, which I thought was an interesting mm. line. Well, they take a time with it, don't they? They really he's, do. He's, demand, he's, he's going around all in the back and he's demanding. He gets it. Mike Yoda to get ring. a second opinion. Yep. Um, he really whines yeah. in this. He's such a heel in this. He's such a whiny. I mean, he's kind of like correct. Yeah. That's also the bit really thing that really annoys you as well. Is like he's like he's, right. he's a whiny little twat, but he's fucking right yeah. because it was a fast count, and that's what makes this whole situation brilliant. Because you're pissed off because the heel was actually screwed. Yeah. Uh, after he does get the belt and reverses the decision, and, and obviously the deal is I'll reverse the decision as long as you don't touch me again. Yeah. With as long as I'm a yeah. referee. Yeah. Triple H says thanks. You're fired and yeah. kicks the shit out of it. Oh, it's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. This is good. Um, okay, so the fucking a red hot first 30 minutes. Yeah. Jericho, I thought, was again put on the map here. Yeah. Big time. Mm. Yeah, keep that in mind. Taz comes out, introduces the new ECW champion, which gets a pop, before Crash Holly beats him in a hardcore in a three way. Um, awesome. I mean, it was entertaining the three way until that yeah. point. Um, Linda McMahon appears. And they kind of again stretch out some drama. Like you know, Shane tries to find out what she's doing there and doesn't get an answer. Tries again, doesn't get an answer. Comes out and announces that obviously Rock and Triple H are going to wrestle at Backlash. And because the odds haven't been even, she's going to even the odds. And there's going to be someone special in the Rock's corner. And if you thought the pop he was yeah, huge for Jericho, when Jericho yeah. wins yeah. the belt, when Linda McMahon announces Stone Cold Steve Austin, that place. Unglued. Not only are you becoming glued, they're becoming glued for quite some time. Yeah, yeah. Again, the drama's fucking great. The heels storm out. They're all furious. Yeah. Stephanie goes to slap Linda. Linda blocks it and belts yeah. her. The, the place goes fucking crazy. Triple H goes to the pedigree. Yeah. Shane runs this, in and punches oh, him. This is brilliant. This this whole on, thing is brilliant. We've we got, we got, we got, yeah. we got to lay it all out. So, Linda announces Austin. The heels come out. Fucking... Steph goes to slap Linda block Linda yeah. slaps back Linda regrets it yeah. Triple H goes to pedigree Shane pops Trips Trips gets back up Steph's trying to get between the two so they don't yeah. fight slap Shane slaps Triple H it's all going on then the Rock's music hits yeah. it's like I love this show another yeah. huge and enormous pop this was brilliant the, ti- the timing of everything oh is, is, is absolutely exquisite I mean like just straight down for the moment Linda gets, gets her revenge but like you know as, as a mom should you <laughs> yeah. regret hitting your children I just love the added the constant detail and they constantly put it in there of Shane's constant allegiance to his mom yeah just, no matter what he never he, he, he'll fight he'll be on his dad's side he'll go against him against his sister, he never goes against his mom yeah. and I just think I know that they weren't planning this in the long run for Wrestlemania 17 but it's just nice that there's always that constant thing yeah. of Shane will always protect his mom no matter yeah. what I just, just that little moment I just thought that's brilliant yeah. that's still in there laid in there as a characteristic not a thing for booking it's a character point of Shane's character he's, he's, he's a mommy's, mommy's boy. boy he's a mommy's yeah. boy yeah it's, I love that stuff and it's just the timing of the stuff. and like uh, Steph's face after she snaps both of them <laughs> like, oh shit I'm um, sorry <laughs> I got a bit carried away there. I was just trying to calm you down and he's just said oh, that the timing man. of Rock's music that's coming out it's just like and he comes out and he's the king yeah he's the king he and he basically just says yeah. Stone Cold's on my, coming out there yeah. great I'm going to kick your ass and take your belt backlash simple Promo magic, yeah, yeah. unbelievable! Money. What a show! 
Kurt Angle, Kurt Angle is preaching abstinence at Penn State, <laughs> which just goes on for several segments until. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or if only they knew. Yeah. Yeah. Which ends with Big Show giving out condoms to the students. Yeah. Um, Trish kisses Bubba Ray Dudley to dodge a uh, getting put through a table yeah. this week, so that story continues. Uh, Scotty pins Dean Malenko to win the light heavyweight title. Great match. Another yep, really good match. And in your main event, which was set up earlier on, DX beats the Acolytes and Chris Jericho <laughs> fucking couldn't believe it Triple H pins Jericho clean yeah couldn't I, I was like this is one of the best episodes I've ever seen yeah, and when I saw that finish know. I totally forgot that he pinned him clean at the end yeah. anyway yeah. Meltzer says I defy anyone to give me a logical explanation for that finish yeah. actually the reason was immediately obvious and that's why Hunter's the third smartest man in wrestling if they wanted to give Triple H a pin because he sort of lost earlier on, he could have taken the pin on Bradshaw, Farouk, or anything, rather than mm. cut the legs off a guy who had just taken a big step up the ladder yeah. uh, and being elevated into a viable headliner. Yep. He was taught well. He sure was. Mm. Taught by the best. So, after... Just, uh, just, sorry, just uh, a caveat Go on for it. Just very underrated, like Malenko, just uh, very low-key, having a lot of matches uh, during this particular time period. All of them absolutely fantastic really as good. you would expect from Dean Malenko he's a great worker um, yeah, so he's there it's for like he's just plugging away with this belt but um, there you go for nothing yeah so shame. after WWE's ratings picked up to a 3.0 the previous week and this incredible Raw show a huge blow to what was perceived as a week of momentum for WWE came in in the ratings remember it's all about the ratings we've got to keep that main event a surprise Nitro dropped to a 2.47, a lower rating than the lowest booked Sullivan show, to Raw's 6.75, a huge jump for Raw. Mm. It was a total domination with the announcement of the return of Steve Austin doing a 7.7 quarter hour, which destroyed the overrun with a Hogan and Bischoff and the Nitro climax with the Bret Hart cliffhanger, only doing a 1.7. Hogan bringing in the bacon. Raw's main event did a 6.8 quarter hour and a 7.65 overrun, whereas Jarrett versus Steiner only did a 2.1. Jericho winning the belt did a 6.7 rating, so it wasn't the peak of the show, but obviously Solid. huge, pretty much in line with what the whole show did since it averaged it at 6.7, so Smack, big stuff there. Smackdown was great as well. Yeah, the follow-up and Smackdown was, was awesome. Was the, when they, I mean, not a great result, but the Triple H Taz, but that was the show when oh, that happened. We'll talk about um, that now. I, I think, um, isn't that also when they start the Eddie essay stuff? That's already started, because they, 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 they started, screwed up on Raw. Yeah, um, Smackdown's really good as well. So they're a great companion piece to watch. That's just a solid great week of uh, TV, TV. again yeah. the build to backlash is unbelievable yeah, it just feels so fresh as well and so much more focused yeah. we have a report says Meltzer of someone purchasing a WCW Canyon doll and on the receipt it was scanned as Dennis Rodman so what Rodzilla gets the money yeah that's how it works in WCW they were pulling that with Hogan yeah I know Hogan but fucking Dennis Rodman yeah they're pulling it with the stars Unbelievable. I have that same look of Brett had at the end of April 20th on SmackDown in Philadelphia, Triple H pins Taz. And that's the end of that belt. Yep. You. I can't believe. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, at the end of Taz as well. Yeah, well, he's, that's you know, it. he's that's destined it. for Jerry the King Lawler after that. If you want to know how hot the WWF is right now, by the way, the country of Liberia is releasing a nine set stamp package of The Rock. <laughs> These are the first posted stamps anywhere in the world of a wrestler. So there you go. Well, there you go. 
In the New York Daily News Gossip Con, they talked about a celebrity auction at a private school in California. Clothes, autographed by Muhammad Ali, went for $2,500. A limo ride with John Travolta to his next movie premiere went for three grand. A dinner with Mick Foley went for $31,000. $31 grand for Mick Foley. My God. <laughs> Charismatic. Interestingly enough, uh, backstage note here, at this point, Chris Benoit is the leading candidate to win King of the Ring, uh, and they're considering doing it with him as a babyface. So they're already kind of umming and ahhing about what they're going to do with Benoit. Mm. Uh, we'll move to the next episode of Raw this week as we round out the month. Uh, this is April 24th. Throughout the show, Trish is on the tables. Very memorable uh, thing here to uh, tease Bubba Ray Dudley. Yeah, I those, those are I weird. Know. I enjoyed them. Uh, oh, they're enjoyable, but a bit weird. I felt bit. like I should have been paying to watch it. Yeah, I remember this was uh, one that I watched with my cousin at a family gathering, and uh, obviously the family comes in and just sees Trish on the table, and you kind of have to explain this is this is a wrestling show. You didn't need to explain. Yeah, no. Exactly what you were watching. Well, my uncle, my uncle Sean, just basically said, "I wonder what they're going to flog the dolphin to later on." Yeah. As was the style at the time. <laughs> yeah. Triple H, Shane and Stephanie come out. Shane apologises to Triple H for the punch last week, saying he knew that he'd never really pedigree mom. Uh, Jericho interrupts and challenges Triple H to a title match, and uh, Shane instead issues a challenge for a tag team match. Uh, Jericho ends up stealing the belt, hitting Triple H with it, and uh, drops the belt on him and leaves. So again, after kind of the bit of a faux pas last week at the end of Raw, mm. they seem to kind of realise the error of their ways. So I thought this angle did more to elevate Jericho ultimately than last week did just the, mm. just the visual of him clocking Triple H and just leaving him laying yeah, yeah. That's, that's something the top guy does um, they do several segments out the show with Eddie Guerrero and China trying on clothes because they're going to go to the prom this Sunday uh, Eddie's, before backlash Eddie's now full blown into Latino he is oh yeah, yeah it's, he's in full blown mode and, and, he's, he's Cheech Marin he yeah. is and Jim Ross is making no bones about the fact that this is rather stereotypical and quite awful really <laughs> he's, he's just calling a spade a spade on this one yeah. um they did, uh, yeah, so Benoit beats Road Dog after Edge hits a spear. I only noted this down because this is after the Edge and Christian hilarious bit on commentary where they said, what are you doing down here? And they said, basically, we're going to do a run-in. <laughs> 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 we're going to do what's known in the business as a run-in. Yeah. Brilliant. Nice. Um, oh, an awesome bit of great comedy here. So, Angle... Kurt Angle is going to wrestle the big show at Backlash yeah. and tries to get the boss man and Bob Buchanan to beat him up which leads to a fabulous backstage skit where Angle approaches him and says you know you guys like to you know do a bit of dirty work and you know I know that you've had your problems with the, bo- with the, with the big show before right yeah. to the boss man and boss man comes out with that's right in fact as a matter of fact I dug his daddy out of an open grave and dragged him out in his coffin at high speed <laughs> and Angle just looks at him and goes right <laughs> <laughs> Great, but boss the Iranian man, at the Olympics never did this. <laughs> boss man had a lot of gusto with that with that yeah. proclamation. Um, brilliant stuff. Vince did a great promo as well coming out here almost kind of baby facious uh, pulling Shane from the tag match threatening Triple H about doing the pedigree on Linda and basically talking about how Austin was going to turn on The Rock and he showed clips of their previous feud yeah. again another really good touch nice call yeah. not ignoring yeah. history saying that The Rock has benefited the most from Austin's injury amazing, and that, that he it? hired the guy to run him over and yeah. that just plant all these seeds of doubt and I, I loved it again 
Logic. It's amazing when you actually go back and use history to help promote a match and not just ignore things as if there's only like three years existing at a time. Yeah. But actually go back in time. Oh, I loved it. I love the way history. they... This month, they just tie things together so well. They did. Triple H and Benoit, who's the replacement for Shane, beat Rock and Chris Jericho. So as you said before, they're now mixing up the main events with some new stars. Yeah. Uh, Triple H and Benoit win when Vince and Shane interfere. Uh, and I believe they pin the Rock as uh, Shane's kind of dressed as the ref as a precursor for what's going to come on mm-hmm. Sunday. Over on Nitro, April 24th, Jarrett Bischoff and Kimberly come out. They show the triple, decker, they show the triple decker cage that they're going to use at Slamboree for the title match. Uh, Kimberly Page serves DDP with divorce papers, which he just blows off like it's no big deal. Mm. Uh, Bischoff didn't even sell it like he was concerned, which is like, well, aren't you fucking cool? going to blow off a good angle, yeah. Mark. God damn it, Dallas. Um, Paige went after Bischoff, but Jarrett hit him with a guitar, which brought out David Arquette to jump on Eric Bischoff. Uh, Bischoff then challenged Arquette to a match where if Arquette won, Paige would get a cage match for the title on this show. All right. Okay. Yeah. Chronic, who have debuted. Chronic beat Team Package when, and I couldn't believe it with my own eyes when I saw it. I had to watch it again. Brian Adams pinned Ric Flair. Brian Adams in 2000. He who do, could not do jobs in 98. This galled me. Yeah. And again, think how shit you must be if you're Vampira. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't get a pin on Flair in this company. <laughs> awesome. And Billy Kidman beat Stone Cold Hulk Hogan in a handicap match. Beat, in quotes. F you, new blood. Yeah. F-U-N-B um, Scott Steiner oh actually no oh, let me go back sorry David Arquette does beat Eric Bischoff and does the worm which again how Bush League can we be mm-hmm. let's just steal the other promotions gimmick um, Scott Steiner challenges Booker T to come out Booker T does come out and made the brilliant babyface remark about telling Steiner's useless women that once you've had black you'll never go back <laughs> the l- <laughs> the lack of pop that line got by the way you gotta love the self confidence though yeah. I, I admire the self confidence the wisdom to use this as a baby face line not so much yeah well D- it's not like he's used no I'm not going to go there in the main event DDP does pin Jeff Jarrett to win the WCW title in the cage match mm-hmm. uh, notes amazing how back uh, sorry amazing how quickly a bat can heal when given a push Obviously, the DDP was on the yeah. shelf previously with his injury. Also, amazingly, how quickly Jarrett loses the belt after winning it. Yeah, very after much all so. That build, I thought it was the, 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 the chosen, chosen one. one. Chosen one. Yeah, uh, actually, that wasn't even the main event, so I don't even know why I said finally because Sting and Vampire in a first blood match. This, oh, for yeah. some reason, has to it's go the, last. Oh, this isn't this the. Uh, yeah. This is when, and the reason they ectoplasm. have to go ectoplasm. Yeah, the reason they have yeah. to go last is because the ectoplasm drops from the ceiling and Sting has a nice blood bath. Thing looks like he got the shit kicked out of him with that. He does. Uh, the looks fans like, like winded. The fans fucking hate. Oh god, yeah, as I can I'm imagine. Sure the company by the uh, numbers. Hmm. The fans fucking hated this angle at the end. The, the new blood string what him up. Mean. Fucking What's putrid. He's selling it like he's dead, like it's paralyzed him, and it's like this is fucking garbage. Like, what does any of that mean? What does it all mean, Basil? I don't know. Will we ever find out? Who knows? Who cares? The only thing that really matters is cold, hard numbers, and that's what we've got for you. Nitro, shockingly enough, is back up to a three. (laughs) I don't know how, because Raw did a 7.15 this week for the the show headlined by Rock and Jericho versus Benoit and Triple H. 
This is the second highest rating for Raw of all time. Uh, Rock and Jericho versus Benoit and Triple H did a 7.8 final quarter and an 8.6 overrun. Wait, 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 wait. 8.6 an 8.6 overrun that sounds more like more than an 8.4 it which, does doesn't which it which I've been led to believe was the highest number Raw had ever done that is not true Carl. Oh, okay interesting this is the third highest rated match in Monday Night Wrestling history uh, the Sting Vampiro main event today 2.7 good for him which went head to head against the, the Vincent Mann interview which is an 8.1 quarter hour I'd rather listen to a man in his 50s speak <laughs> then horse around with the fuckabout gang on the other channel. <laughs> then watch Vampiro. Raw also set a record as equivalent to approximately. Se- imagine this: seventy percent of the Nitro audience switched to Raw when Nitro went off the air. That number just keeps climbing and climbing when Benoit and Jericho are in the main event. Those quarter hours. There you go, Mike yeah. Graham. There's another one for you. Yeah. Got to think. Uh, hopefully, that's maybe the start of their reasoning towards the fully loaded. Uh, well, like what they're, what they're that, do with those three guys look I mean, that just tells you right there if you're if you're actually paying attention that tells yeah. you push him yeah. this is working this yeah. mix is working absolutely the next day at thunder I'll have to. the reason I can't just like, the reason I couldn't get on board with your I'd rather watch boring shit than Russo shit even though I understand your point fully David Arquette wins the WCW World Heavyweight Championship pinning Eric Bischoff in a tag team match it's awful it's not boring it ain't boring it's not boring the idea is that WCW believes the publicity around Arquette winning the belt will hit the mainstream and lead to a ratings boost on May 1st because the WWF will probably be changing the belt to The Rock and they're looking for a good counter well the thing is from what I've also read is that they thought as well that it was going to help um, uh, it was was going to help bolster the ratings but also help bolster um uh, ready to rumble but the thing is ready to rumble had already been out for three weeks and anybody that, that follows um, how box office works after it's in the three, first after, two after, after, yeah it's all in the first two after three weeks the movie's practically done it's just coasting on fumes yeah. so really like him getting the belt this late in the game not saying he should get it at all but him getting it this late was literally pointless even it's in, pointless in terms of that marriage of, of yes. the WCW with the film even in their distorted awful idea of what to do yeah. they still got still it wrong still fucked it up yeah they still got the wrong time to do it <laughs> they were still late to the dance and unfortunately we will have to wait until the next episode of the timeline to find out if it does in fact lead to a ratings boost on May 1st I could spoil it for you now <laughs> <laughs> but we won't <laughs> Mark Henry is being sent to Ohio Valley Wrestling. Yeah. Uh, it's been it's pretty clear they're trying to get him to quit, says Meltzer. What well, old women? Yeah, it's pretty pretty clear. Which brings us to the final show of this episode of the timeline. Sunday, April thirtieth, WWF Backlash. Seventeen thousand eight hundred and sixty-seven fans sell out the building. A one point six two buy rate for six hundred and eight. <laughs> thousand buys a rather 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 large buy rate for a uh, non big five pay-per-view all tying nice into the same month as the buy rate for wrestlemania ah. something, that should, something that shouldn't be no discounted mm. they're only three weeks apart a com- yeah. on, let me figure out the maths here do to do carry the one and almost combined 1.4 million buys in one month that's a lot of money they made good stuff the rock does in fact pin triple h at last to win the WWF title in a tremendous match. Steve Austin returns and he fucking rules. 
He does look like he can barely get up at one point though after he swings the chair yeah, at uh, yeah, Vince. He's, he's struggling. That's that's a little scary. Yeah. And they cut away from it on the network too. Yeah. yeah. Which I thought was quite interesting. Mm, yeah. Cut um, away now. <laughs> yeah. All yeah. these years later. Yeah. Um, he's okay. But, but what a match! What a match! I love this. This, this show, I, man. I love this show. This is the true. We talked about this when we done like the Good and Bad, the Ugly 2000. This is the true WrestleMania. And I, 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 I love this show. I'll put it around. I'll say around. I put a bold statement on this. If this was the WrestleMania, like if this was actually called WrestleMania, not Backlash, this would be up in my top three favorite manias. I love this show. Uh, there's something about it. I mean, this is for like all in terms oh, of. Like, I've got, got a theory on what one of those somethings about it is. <laughs> um, but uh, what, what's what's fa- what's fantastic about this is, is also um, in terms of like uh, my my fandom for wrestling, as as two thousand was the foundation for it. This is why, like, for, for no for no logical reason, I love Backlash as just a pay-per-view yeah. premise. There's no real premise to it. It's just a freaking name. But there's something about Backlash. The swinging hooks is all just oh, you got just, your just, the triple just, H talk over just, in uh, um, just gets uh, gets me just warms the cockles by now because it makes me think about this show not necessarily any other backlashes Bradshaw Scott Hall <laughs> it's, uh, you're not going to taint it <laughs> you're not going to taint it Carl no matter how hard you try this show is too t- damn good I can try it's too damn good Keep going. this show is just yeah the main event absolutely fantastic that's how you do business that's how it's supposed to be done everything's great uh, Rock goes over, looks fantastic. Austin comes out, massive pop, hits, incredible, crushes everybody with a chair. Everybody great eats it, especially I think it's Vince. Is it Vince or Shane? Someone really eats a chair at one point. I mean, like I think but, Shane. Did, so, Shane's I even think, turned yeah, around all the way and gets yeah, it on the side. Of I mean, I'm sure there's like one point where I just thought the chair was just going to just change matter and just go through him because it just hit him so hard. And <laughs> and uh, and then afterwards, like he celebrates with Rock, and you know, like puts him over and says, like, yeah, Rock's yeah. on. Let's share a beer, which uh, puts to rest uh, all those all those little moments that Vince was trying to say, like, oh, you can't trust him. It's like, no, in this occasion, Austin's trustworthy because, uh, and and and, they, and also because you get a proper appearance because on the SmackDown beforehand, it's just a tape on thing, it, yeah. but it's a tape thing. It's like that, and he, uh, and he and I think he wheels out the the DX DX Express, just blew been blown up. It's just fantastic. Yes, Triple H finally gets it. Uh, fantastic. Uh, you have a, a brilliant uh, technical masterclass in uh, Chris Benoit Jericho, which is absolutely That's fantastic. Um, you have a much better and more concise hardcore match uh, where they actually focus on people with talent and Bob Holly. Uh, <laughs> so they have like they have Crash, they have um, uh, Perry Saturn, they have Taz, and they have Hardy's. Hardy Boys in there, which is a big deal. Um, uh, uh, Edge and Christian are wrestling um, Dog and Pack. Uh, Dog and good Pack match. In a, a opening match. Yeah, really surprisingly good match between those two teams, considering Road Dog and X Pack haven't been tagging along. Um, and then the Dudleys versus TNA. Um, uh, Trish finally that. goes to yeah, the table. Yeah, she goes through. There's a great moment where she kisses Bubba, and she's like, Ah, I think she go away. She's she kind of like taunts a bit. She's taunted. Yeah, but we're going get back. There's a crowd fucking erupts. It's just like, yeah, we're in an era where like brutality towards women is the goal. And then, and, and then, let's not forget Dean Malenko and Scotty Two Fighting a really fun match. I was watching this match again. This is a, this is a, this is a really underrated match. If this was fantastic, I mean, especially by Scotty Two Fighting's best match by far. Um, Malenko uh, is just at this period, this month, he's he's just hitting home runs in these matches. He's it's just so underrated. That, that finish this time dropped my jaw. Even Man, though, even though I've seen, I've seen yeah, it's I've amazing. Seen, I, I vividly remember that finish from the day yeah. that it happened. But just seeing it against like, everything, yeah. fuck me, I did not break his neck. Yeah, it's it's just because Milenko's just precision. 
and it, and also because I've already gone about it before. Like you, you got Eddie Guerrero and, and S.A. Rios. Have, have a really fun match. I like S.A. Rios. Yeah, it's a good match. And, uh, and it's, he had a good act with Lita while it lasted, and uh, it was a good little kind of late in the show thing. And then and you also have a nice bit of comedy with the show with, with the showster and Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle's is fantastic. I really, I really it's, wish it's a, it's a fantastic show. It's like there's really yeah. where's the drag in it. Oh, Where, where's the where's the one match where you go? Nah, that knocks it down a bit. If you if you choose any of those matches as down it, look, you're really clutching mm. straws. You're really trying to make something out of nothing. It's a fantastic show from I, begin to. I end. do think I really wish they hadn't done it to Angle. Yes. At the time, I remember thinking, God damn, you know, because I, I was kind of on the Angle yeah. train at this point. So I was like, and, and like it's funny. And the only thing that's worthwhile about this whole thing yeah. is Jim Ross on commentary saying, "He's wonderful." Oh yeah. God, isn't he just yeah. the line? When because people are chatting Hogan as yeah. big shows doing the the, the yeah. ear cupping, yeah. and he goes, "This is more people than have chatted Hogan in years." Nice. It's like, oh fuck you, Terry. I mean, I, I get that point because I wasn't on the Kurt Angle uh, uh, bandwagon at that point, and uh, I was still kind of a bit. I still thought he was a bit green at this point. Stupid. Um, but in, in fairness, this this match didn't actually help in terms of uh, my persona of, mm. of him being a big guy. So like, by the time and he's like wrestling Undertaker fully loaded, and he's getting SummerSlam, I was still like. Like, oh, I don't think he's quite there. Yeah. Maybe that did hinder it, but it's still a really fun comedy match. And when you go back and watch it, it's just, yeah. it's just a fun comedy match. It's Divorce, angle, being a ham, can do. big show, being comedy. Yeah, because he, he's a bachelor's uh, degree in uh, Vince's school of ham. <laughs> he's, he's a fucking master. He is. He is. I love Kurt. We we really so we good. really shortchanged him on the on the Rushmore. <laughs> I really we do. Kurt's Kurt's a fantastic promo. There's a lot of people there. If we did the Rushmore, we could be convinced. Yeah, that yeah. Guys. too too much comedy. Yeah, uh, probably for his own maybe, maybe. To, his, to his detriment, he was too good at it that they decided to sort of try and ride the hot hand with him. Yeah. Undercut him, unfortunately. I can just watch him infinitely, though. He is hilarious. He's, he's just fantastic. He's a great man. Interesting little note. Obviously, if you're watching in this country, Channel 4 aired this show on a 15-minute yeah. delay. 1.50 yeah. in the morning, this show Fuck started. me, was I tired the next day. Oh, <laughs> Thankfully, <laughs> it was during the Easter holidays. That's what I thought. I remember being yeah, a holiday. Yeah, yeah, there was yeah, no I school the next holiday. day. Yeah. They digitised the blood on X-Pac's face when he gets her cracked open with a ring bell, which I was furious with, yeah. and they freeze-framed Trish going through the table at the time, which, again, livid. This, this is in response, of course, to the Royal Rumble where the, uh, the, the May Young tits and... And, and, yes. and uh, complaints of people that they went going to adverts during the live show. Yeah. The, the Rumble one being notable for the fact they cut the rock off mid-promo to go yeah. to an advert. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So this was their way around it. Don't air it live. Air it on delay so we can cut the we can go to break without cutting the show mm-hmm. and we can control the content. So yeah, mm-hmm. we go to bed at five o'clock. But who the fuck cares? Because the rock's the champ. The rock's the champ. And there's just a there's just a moment at the end of the show when Rock's won the belt and he's just standing there in the middle of the ring holding the belt. Things goes back to the to, to the yeah. hard camera, yeah. and the noise just rises and rises and rises, and then you just see the Rock's face. And he's just like he's looking around. It's like. He's a made man now. He was already made man, but yeah. finally he's been crowned. Yeah. He feels like the top guy in the promotion. And amazingly, considering how easy it would have been for somebody else, without Rock's charisma, didn't get overshadowed by Austin, the prior big star coming back, it, was, yeah. it felt like two equals. Yeah. And that's about as a good a, a good a piece of praise you can give somebody, is that yeah. they felt like an equal star to fucking Steve Austin yeah. in his prime. So, uh, incredible show. Incredible show. And after good content in March... But certainly lack of focus for Mania. Yeah, very lack of focus. The focus for Backlash was on point. Yeah. The television build yeah. was fucking tremendous. Yeah. The show delivered. Everything got built from the I, first week after oh Mania. Oh my god, it was great. Got the right build. I came away from this 
being infatuated with the WWE. It's like this is why people to this day harken back because <laughs> this is the stuff people remember. It this is, is great. This is where uh, I felt where um, I felt like just the entire card started becoming incredibly strong because you know they brought the radicals in, which was a big thing uh, for me watching that from switching definitely to WWF. Uh, but you didn't really see the full impl- implication of them coming in, and this is the first show where you actually see the spread. So it's like Malenko's wrestling in the light heavyweight, uh, Perry Saturn is in hardcore, uh, uh, Eddie's Euro, Chris Benoit's uh, Intercontinental, and you see the spread out and uh, how much that changes a show. Instead of bunching them all up in three of them in a tag match, it's amazing once you spread that talent out across a show and mix it in with the white people. It just changes like that undercard into just something that's just way that's, more consistent. That's that's the difference you get at this point in time to say two years earlier, when you've you've still got the likes of the. Well, he's still there, but I'm talking <laughs> I'm talking more along the lines of the DOA is still kind of lingering, fucking yeah, around, lingering yeah. around. Kurgan, <laughs> Kurgan, st- Kurgan, and the oddities are there. The head bangers who are still around and they're fucking trash, by but, the way. But, yeah. What a but, shit but, team. But, 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 but a no focal point. Couldn't get any more you know, down. You've got. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. But yeah, what, what you what you Dilo general... turned heel this month and killed that gimmick, didn't he? When yeah. he made with the Godfather, I should say. I was never happy with his positioning with the Godfather, though. Anyway. No. Yeah, that was. Terrible. No, it was terrible. I didn't like that. Really but um, they, they built up to him wearing the same outfit as Godfather, and then next week he's back to his normal gear. And turned heel. But, yeah. but the, the point sort of generally is that whilst I can bemoan the sort of the treatment of the radicals for the most part, at least with the introduction of them, you're getting better content if nothing else. The Hardys are established which they weren't a year previously. Edge and Christian are in a much better position now than they were yeah. as members of the brood. You know, the the the, the yeah. card is a more complete card now whereas two years prior you are generally there are exceptions but generally other than the Rock's IC run you, you sort of you're living off the Austin McMahon view because there is some real dross on those 98 pay-per-view cards oh Christ almighty yeah yeah Dross v Mark Mero case in point Mark Henry versus Vader D'Lo versus Gangrel None of these matches happen for any reason, by the way. No. So you're seeing a, 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 a much more well-rounded roster, something which we belaboured about on, on previous timelines. In comparison to WCW, where we always used to make the point of, even in 99, as terrible as the TV is, you sit there and go, look at the roster depth. Look how good things could be. Whereas now, you look at who's gone... You look at what's there. You don't have Benoit Malenko anymore. You've got the dog. You've got (laughs) Stasiak. You've got Chuck Palumbo soon to be appearing. You've got a greater focus on Vampiro for some reason. (laughs) The Harris boys. The Harris boys are there. Harlem Heat 2000 got a push. Big T. Big T. Big T is there, having eaten Ahmed Johnson. (laughs) (laughs) The Clarence Mason is there. Norman Smiley is not my favourite act on the show, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, so they almost w- make Terry Funk yeah. watchable. Imagine that. Yeah. Do, uh, do, uh, by this point, WWE, you can't even point to the roster depth anymore. Yeah, because it's become such a shit show. Yeah. And 
whilst he, you make the point Gene, I don't disagree with the fact that the March content is boring looking at the numbers and looking at as they're piling up the losses and the terrible buy rate for uncensored the house is on fire mm. their answer to that is to pour some gasoline on it absolutely so you know what we're going to get well, so, you, <laughs> so, so what we're going to get what we're going to get the flames are going to go up it's going to make quite a fucking spectacle yeah. as seen in a couple of those numbers there but Jesus Christ is it going to quicken the demise yeah yeah but to, by this point, though, it's it's really you 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 really want to see the match in it because it's just like put put it out initially. It's not really like. A I know your hands. <laughs> yeah, I know your hands broken in multiple places. Let's chop off the arm. <laughs> yeah, might as well, fuck it. It's a. Uh, this is a very sad demise. Isn't it? <laughs> sad. Quick, it's painful demise. It's not quick. It's not quick. It's, it's slow. It's, it's no. It's it's it's, it's, no, it's, it's, it's it's not slow. <laughs> to go from a to, to go from a situation a year prior, a year prior, where you are doing oh. over. For, I, I don't know the. I can't equate the number to buy rates, as I say, but the one point they did in March. Of that of the previous year, yeah. twelve months on, yeah. I'll stress again, they lost ninety percent of their pay-per-view paying audience. Mm -hmm. They lost around ninety percent of their paid attendance figures. Mm -hmm. Twelve months later, having posted losses <laughs> in excess of sixty million, <laughs> they will be bought for 2.5 million by Vince McMahon sorry to spoil it for anyone <laughs> just, to put this, that, just to put that in just perspective put context, the year before the end of the end of 98 they had made a profit somewhere in the region of 50 million yeah. now just for perspective on 2.5 million that is the total sum that was in Buff Bagwell's new contract that we talked about earlier on so if you want to talk about value I think there are many there are many ways we can talk about the sad demise of WWE, which we will get to yeah. in future podcasts. Yeah. But it wasn't slow. <laughs> Spectacular. Know, I, think you, I think you can turn around any way and say like a death took a year long. I think it's like it's, it's a lot so long time. It, it's 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 the fall from grace that's so spectacular. It's, yeah, it's 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 it's, it's, it's so high. Get a longer in there, but it's just. Long ago, uh, they start, and it, and it does. It's just this. It's just brutal. It does brutal take. Death. It, it, do, it does take a long time because, like, uh, with, with the mistakes that they made, or everything that you. Said, no, it doesn't. Doesn't really take a long time. It doesn't say. It doesn't take a long time. It's ostensibly dead now. It's dead in yeah, March of 2000. Yeah. <laughs> but, that do, but that doesn't mean that you decide to speed things up. Most sane people, most sane people would try and cling to some sort of vestige to keep things going. Put the dog not, in the shed bring, and kill it. Not, not bring back the people. <laughs> Who got you? Oh, good lord. So this is what we're approaching. May and June, obviously next on the timeline. We're going to have a lot to talk about there as well. We'll see if David Arquette turns the ratings and the buy rates around as a counter to the fucking rock as the world champion. Yeah. We'll see if that works. These two movie stars. Yeah, yeah. Just an incredible, just as a case study for the, the lay of the land, this was so sad. This was so sad to see just how fucking awful WCW... This is, like, like you say... It's a dead promotion, yeah, and it hasn't awesome. and it hasn't figured it out yet. But there you go. It's somehow still managing to pull a three. 
I know, think about that. Can you imagine if someone pulled a three in today's media market? WWE isn't pulling the three right now. Hilarious. So, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank everybody for listening this far. This has been a lot of fun. We live in March and April 2000 in various different ways. Uh, and we hope that you enjoyed it too. So join us again on Squared Circle Gazette Radio. I think one of the next shows we are going to do, actually, I think will be the rebooking of WrestleMania 2000. While, while we're on the subject, I think that would be quite a lot of fun yeah, to do. Uh, maybe start like Survivor Series so we can get an actual real builder. But uh, oh, okay. Yeah, uh, ter- Terry and the cat isn't going to make the cut on this page. No, <laughs> no, no, they will not. So with that said, thank you very much for listening. For Carl Jones. Good evening, everybody. For G. John Chase. That Jericho title win still counts in my book. Hi, I'm Liam Rock, and we're out of here. Talk to you again next week. With the kids jingle belling and everyone telling you be of good cheer. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's the half happiest season of Those holiday greetings and gay happy meetings when friends come to call. It's the